0: Buckle up everyone and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, show of three rugby league tragedies talk everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. And I'm the Chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. It's Tuesday and you know what that means, it means it's Origin Week and we're going a day early, we're getting on the airwaves to make sure that we can talk everything ahead of tomorrow night's Origin, uh, so the game is uh, just oh, it's, uh, 25 hours away from uh, us recording this, so there's plenty to talk about in regards to State of Origin and uh, we got plenty to talk about because it's been a big news day in Rugby League, Griffo, but I'm really excited to be here and have you on
1: board. Well... 25 hours, you said, to kick off uh, to Origin. Well, a lot can happen in 25 hours because 25 (laughs) hours ago, the rugby league world was really different to what it is right now. If
0: you're a coach, you're you're on edge, aren't you? Hopefully for the Origin uh, coaches, they're they're still going to be safe this time tomorrow. We'll talk about all the breaking news today in the the NRL, obviously talking about uh, two coaches today losing their job. Uh, As always, we've got Griffo's grab. As I said, the main um, thing we want to do tonight is have a talk about Origin, preview the game, and also stick around for the end because we have our usual two-minute tip with round 14 of the NRL Premiership um, coming our way this week. It seems like we've got plenty to to get through before we even get to round 14, Griffo. Um, Obviously, Origin's going to be the main talking point, but uh, really with the news that's broken today... We have to have a chat about what's going on in the land of Rugby League. And uh, look, I I hope your coaching certificate's up to date, Griffo, because you might get a job because we're running short of coaches in the NRL. There are plenty of jobs going. Um, Today we heard that Nathan Brown will no longer be coaching the Warriors. Um, I think they've made it official now that Stacey Jones will be taking over as the interim coach. And um, all I'm hearing out of the Tigers is that uh, Michael Maguire has lost his job as the coach of the Tigers. Um,
1: I've got an update on that, Graham. Oh. Brett Kimorley is the interim coach. Wow,
0: okay, so Kimorley's been... Um, yeah, Brett Kimorley. Yeah, we're a bit slow with our resumes there on that one. But that's, um, look, a couple of young coaches, I suppose young four coaches, a um, couple of ex-halfbacks there. This news today, Griffo, um, look, I think it was surprising... In a sense, that it was announced today, I think a lot of people thought that Michael Maguire might at least get the weekend's game in. But in the whole scheme of things, um, these were the two coaches that um, were really next on the chopping board, weren't they?
1: You know, there haven't been, uh, you you talk about the chopping board, it hasn't been so busy since King Henry was around. (laughs) There's heads falling everywhere. Oh, um, my goodness. The NRL. So, uh, you know, uh, I know he had eight wives. Uh, I don't know too many of them that ended up with their head <laughs> on the shoulders, but, uh, you know, right. it's like King Henry Day uh, today.
0: Yeah. So, um, But look, first of all, let's, let's talk about, because um, I know we've got a lot of Tigers fans that listen in. Uh, Michael Maguire, we know that over the course of his career, he has had a lot of success. A lot of that happened overseas in England. He did come to the Rabbitohs, win a premiership with them. He's been at the Tigers three years, I think he's been there off the top it's of my head. his fourth year, yeah. So he's in his fourth year at the moment. Um, the Tigers have a bit of a running record of uh, of sacking coaches and it not working out. We know he's been under a lot of pressure. Um, I just want to get your thoughts on this one. Obviously, we know he was under that pressure. Uh, it's hard for, as an outsider looking in to pinpoint what the woes are at the Tigers and whether this was what had to happen. But I'd imagine from the West Tigers board, their point of view, um, they needed to do something. And usually the obvious move is to to move the coach on.
1: Well, I think, Graham, it's a little bit surprising almost it didn't happen last year because it, it looked like it was going to happen last year. He's sort of got a stay of execution. Um and then they started the the year off terribly. Uh, they were on no wins for. Oh, it was a long time before they had that win against Parramatta. It was in the back in the school holidays. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I think they, that was the Easter they,
0: Monday game, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was. It was a public holiday. Mm. Um, so it, it was well and truly. You know, they probably had had six losses or something like that. Um, at least five. Um, so he's, he's been under pressure, then they hit that purple patch, or the black, white and gold patch as it was. And, uh, Sorry, mate. That's all right. my uh, computer
0: deciding to play music in the background that wasn't cute. Oh, well, you know, it was,
1: well, it was like Jaws or something, you know, because <laughs> it was in impending danger for someone. It was, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> Just, that's that's the noise that's been
0: following Michael Maguire for two yeah. years at dun 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 wow. dun dun, and finally, yeah. Yeah. he you know, it's got just got bitten on the arse. Yeah, ass. <clears throat> oh, yeah. But, uh,
1: you don't you don't like to see people suck from their jobs, No. Uh, but it, this is a this is a different sort of job um, as a professional sporting coach, who. You know they're, they're certainly much better paid than the average guy out there. Um, they're under a lot of pressure, but you know so are a lot of other people, um, and they know what they're getting in for. You know it's it's eyes wide open. It, it, it's a cutthroat business. This this coaching gig. Um, it's a tough job. Uh, it's it's an all encompassing job it, you know it really it, it's their life to a large extent um but if you don't want to do it you don't do it and uh so look he's he's as you say he, he's a premiership winning coach both uh you know in the nrl with the rabbit tools in that that drought breaking year i think, was it 2014.
0: yeah, when on the yeah con- okay yeah.
1: yeah all right um and and before that, he'd had success in the Super League over in the UK. So he's not, you know, he's obviously got ability as a coach. But it was sort of, it was very much last year they, they put themselves forward in that Tales from Tiger Town. I, I don't know that that helped them too much, to be honest. Um, you could see that guy's passionate but i guess he's a little bit from a different era um and and yeah i'm not going to say that he's a bad coach what i can say is that the tigers when he first got there ninth they went to 13th 15th and they're currently uh i think they're in about 15th or something like that now so um yeah, results aren't there. Results yeah. aren't there.
0: And do you know what's an interesting thing too? Because we think of Michael Maguire as a very successful coach, and I think that run at South Sydney, especially towards the end of his time there, um, well, you know, that middle part, obviously twenty fourteen, I think twenty thirteen, they you know, they went close, obviously. He was at South Sydney twenty twelve to twenty seventeen. I think a lot of people are gonna be surprised to know that. His win percentage at South Sydney wasn't phenomenal. Uh, he coached 165 games there, won 92, lost 73. He had a 56% win rate with South Sydney. And looking at the squad they had and knowing there was a premiership in there and um, some pretty you know good times there for South Sydney, um, you know, 2013, I think they finished in second place on the ladder that that win record i think will surprise a lot of fans at 56%. It,
1: it sort of went stale there towards the end.
0: Yeah, and, and and also too, you look at the I mean at the Tigers, his his win record is it's 37%. That's yeah. that's diabolical, but I just yeah, I just thought that was interesting to add because I I don't know if and and the same thing was when he was at Wigan. Um I know at Wigan that he um he had some um success over there I think in 2011. They beat Leeds in the uh, Challenge Cup final. Um, they won a Super League Grand Final. I think it was in 2010. There's some success there, but I think just on a week to week basis, um, looking at his coaching record, it's uh, it's very interesting to see that overall uh, the the percentage isn't great. You know, he's, he's probably won half of his games. You know, roughly half yeah. of his games as a coach, less than half in the NRL.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know what Brian Smith's success rate was, but I'd say it'd be a bit higher than that. you never want to, an NRL Premiership. Mm. And um, at the end of the day, Michael Maguire will be able, even if he never gets another gig as a coach, he goes down Michael Maguire Premiership winner. Yeah, true. Um, so, that's what you can hang your hat on. Um Currently in the NRL coaching now that he's gone, there are only a very small number of coaches that have won a premiership. Ivan Cleary, Trent Robinson, um, Craig Bellamy. And that's it.
0: Yeah. I uh, no, Yeah, I think I
1: might be wrong, but and next think, year
0: when the Dolph- you know, when Oh, the Rick dolphins- Stewart. Sorry. Rick yeah. Stewart. Next one. year when the dolphins come, come in, you can add Wayne Bennett to that list, but, um, yeah, yeah. It 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 shows they are hard to win. It's a tough They're gig. Very hard to win. It's it's a very tough gig, and I think the um the the challenge is too. And what Tigers fans will be wondering here is, yes, they need to be seen to be doing something. Um, is bringing in a new coach going to make much difference? In your thoughts, we'll talk about Brett Coleman in a moment, but just the idea of changing the coach. Um, it do do you think you're going to see much difference at the Tigers. Is this going to, you know, be a resurgence? Are they going to be happier under someone who manages people different? What's your gut feeling about the Tigers going forward without Maj McGuire there?
1: Yeah, I think they're going to get better. Not because necessarily just because he's gone, but because they're bringing in some quality players next year, up beside Corey Cell and uh, uh, Isaiah Papaliti from from the Eels. So mm. they're they're two you know, top-liners, that's going to help. Um, and apparently, they're very big on the players they've got coming through in the, uh, they're not ready for first grade yet, but uh, like 17s, 19s. So they're looking down the track, not, uh, you know, not immediate success next year. Obviously, they'll want to do better than what they've done at the moment. But uh, you know, I just saw a little bit of uh, footage before I come on here. Um, basically, they're saying they're not going to buy any more players. They're going to uh, develop from within. Brett Kamali come on, say I'm, you know, I'm going to be a development coach. Uh, so they're they're looking, you know, from within. And they believe that they've got the players in their junior uh, junior teams that are going to become the backbone of, of this club. And I guess they're looking in a similar method to what Penrith have done over the last well, it's probably nearly a decade now. Mm. Um, that that five year plan that Gus Gould had took a little bit longer than that, but but it got there.
0: It was a hell of a plan once it once it kicked in. Well, it got there, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: so, yeah. Look, I think it's – I think it had to happen. Whether yeah, it had to yeah. happen right now, you know, it's open to conjecture. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think longer term, it's probably not a bad move, to be honest, because he's not had success there in three and a half years.
0: Let's nah, I I say yeah. the best
1: position they're in was ninth. Right yeah, now. that's
0: right. And, and I think that they're basically showing saying say, look we can we can persevere with this for a year or we can start to to move forward and look forward and as you said they've got an interim coach in Brett Kamali um, that that news is only broken late um, th- this evening Brett Kamali as we know um, we'll talk a little bit about him and this this appointment of Brett Kamali we know uh, his accolades as a player obviously a Premiership winner has played um, many games for New South Wales. I think he played 10 Origins, um, over 20 games for Australia. He, he's one of those players that's got a lot of experience at the top level uh, as a player. And we know that, um, I think in 99, I think he even won the Churchill medal in that uh, that uh, Premiership win for the Storm in only their second year. As a player, top quality player, halfback, very clever player. Um, one of those players that uh, came through at the same time as a lot of other Uh, Top players. I mean, really, um, the only thing that was stopping him in that 95-96 period from being the halfback at the Newcastle Knights was a bloke called Andrew Johns. And we know that he went on to the Mariners, then the Storm, and even spent time at the Eagles, Sharks, and then Bulldogs at the end of his playing career. So we know that as a player, um, he's done it all, and he was one of the the best players of that era through the uh, late 90s and then the first decade of the 2000s. Uh, he, he actually did get into coaching after his career. Um, he was the assistant at the Bulldogs for a couple of years. I think it was 2011-2012. Then um, I remember him moving on to Canberra for a couple of years under David Ferner. And he's actually been a coach at the Tigers previously. I think it was 2015 um, he got the West Tigers under-20s uh to the second week of the finals before departing the club as far as i'm aware this is his first um opportunity back into coaching and it's a big one he'll be taking over um well as of now at the tigers this is a player as i said griffo we know that you know as a, as a player very clever um what do you think he brings to the tigers uh you'd imagine he might be managing things very very differently and um you know, being this this younger wave, I think he's only about 45 uh, at Brett Kamali. So, a bit of fresh blood in here for the Tigers. Yeah, a, a,
1: a fresh voice. Um, having seen Tales from Tiger Town, you know, Mudge Maguire, he's a, like, he's a pretty, you call it passionate.
0: it's an intense dude
1: intense yeah yeah you know that that is that's the way of the you know the old style coaches some guys respond to that well but in 2022 people get their feelings hurt very easily yeah so um Maybe he's not the man um, for modern day coaching, but I, I don't I've never seen that in Brett Camale, Uh in term, I'm not saying he's not passionate, but the intensity you know I think it's probably going to be a much more relaxed environment and uh, I think that's probably the way that that young men these days respond better rather than being sheltered at and yeah sort of i'm often embarrassed or um yeah I, I just don't know that that, that cuts it anymore it, yeah. it, it did in the 70s it did in the 80s probably in the 90s but times have changed um people are just not quite as resilient or as hard as they once were I'm not saying that's bad or good just is um you know, I grew up in the like, I you know, basically in the seventies and the eighties, and it was a much, uh, a much less friendly time to grow up. Um, you know, people would call a spade a shovel. You know, they didn't. Uh, <laughs> you know, there was no niceties. Um, you just had to. You just had to learn to to roll with the punches uh, almost literally sometimes. But, and again, I'm not saying that's bad or good. I'm just saying that's how it was. And um, yeah, it, it was a tougher time. I mean, you know, you, you you did the wrong thing. You got belted, simple as that at school. You step out of line, you got belted. Now that's that's long gone. And for for the you know I'm not disagreeing with that at all, but uh, it's a different time, and uh, yeah, you want to get the best out of young men these days, shouting at them and ranting and raving is, is something that probably is not going to be successful for most. Yeah, I, I don't think Kamal is going to do that.
0: No, he seems like the type of style where I think the players might might relate a bit more to him. I think he's going to be. I think a lot of the footy players, from what we hear these days, they're very big on um, relationships. The coaches that do well are big on relationships. And even this is where you, you get a bloke like, um, you know, even even Wayne Bennett, even though he's been in the old school, uh, he, he's the type of bloke that we hear when he was at Brisbane, uh, especially through that period. He was big on building relationships with players, building that trust. Um, I, I just want to get your thoughts, too, with, with someone like Brett Kamorley and where he's different from Madge Maguire now I know you can be I mean Craig Bellamy is a great example of um, you don't have to be the you know an international and you know one of the most decorated players in the game to be one of the best coaches in the game do you think though that coming into this Tigers team someone like Brett Kamali who has those runs on the board so to speak in regards to success on the field do you think that's that's going to, I suppose, garner a lot of respect and, um, and and get him a long way to getting these young Tigers players on board with what he wants to do going forward for the rest of the year.
1: I don't think it's going to hurt, but, you know, I don't think you've got to be, you know, have been a, a an international or an origin player. It obviously doesn't hurt in terms of particularly if, you know, uh, guys have grown up watching uh, someone like, you look at Billy Slater, who's, who's going to coach his first game yeah. as a head coach yeah. of any team. It's going to be a state of origin. Now, some of the guys he'll be coaching, he would have played with. Most sure. of them would have watched him on, on television. As a, as a hero.
0: It's it's amazing to think that we've got kid yeah. playing origin that we're watching uh, Billy Slater as a kid. <laughs> that's, that's starting to yeah. make us well, all feel a bit older, isn't been out is to the game all that long, really. <laughs> no. It might only
1: be three or four years. Yeah. um, He had quite a long career and, and you know, he sort of missed the whole year because of injury. He had a few big injuries. But but he played to quite, you know, uh, an age that, that most players don't get to. Uh, he might be in mid thirties, so, uh when he retired. But that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, I'm just I'm looking at the screen and I can see uh, a photo of the back of Ben Hunt. It's got Hunt on his uh, Queensland shirt, number nine. He would have played with Billy Slater. True. Um, Josh Papali would have played with Billy Slater. Uh, Probably not too many others in that in that side now. They, they've they've undergone quite a change, but they all would have known of Billy Slater. Some would have played against him, um, but he's widely regarded as, as as possibly the greatest fullback of all time. Um, so he's a man who's immediately respected for what he's done. On the field, um, and, and it seems that you know all I've I've heard that that he's been a natural in this coaching uh, coaching position that he's in. Um,
0: it's funny you should mention that, Griffith. I was just saying, like with the players, I was just I was just having a look here. Sorry to cut you off there, but just before we go right. too far on. The Queensland Maroons team. Now, the last time that Slater played, I know we're getting a bit off topic, but it's still part of our coaches segment, so we'll, we'll run with it, was 2018. Now, I've got here the game one, so I've just gone game one just to pick one at random, of the State of Origin series. There are a lot of players that Billy Slater played with in that 2018 series that he's coaching um, this okay. week. There's, you know, your Val Holmes is there. Of course. Gagai, Munster, Hunt. Yeah. Um, even even your Kapusi. But you know, if yeah, I well,
1: go to that side... I at the Storm, so...
0: Yeah, like Inglis was in that side, obviously, not no longer there. Napa, McCulloch was in that side. You had Wallace, Cooper, Josh Maguire, Michael Morgan. But Josh Papali, Cohen Hess, even Dry Arrow was in that side. So it's not that long ago that he was playing yeah. alongside these blokes. So that's a very good point you bring up.
1: Yeah. Um, am I more concerned about... Billy Slater as a coach, as opposed to the coach from last year, absolutely I am. Mm. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so, so sometimes this new wave, this and and you know from this from this era, can can make a difference. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny. I I, I said that. I said Brett Kamali, He's forty five. I, I actually called him. You know, a young coach coming through, but he's actually been out of the game a while. Nathan Brown. He's been coaching for almost 20 years, Griffo. Yeah, he started in his 20s. Yeah, he's 48 now. Um, I think the first year he was a coach would have been uh, 2003 with St. George Illawarra. Um, Now, a lot of people famously say that that St. George Illawarra team that he coached from 2003 to 2008 um, probably should have won a premiership. In uh, in one of those years, but didn't get the job done, and they did shortly after after he left. Um, so he's he's actually got a lot of experience as a coach. There was that stint between twenty nineteen and twenty fourteen where he went overseas and he had um some success overseas. But he's another bloke that when we look at since he came back, um, he's he's at this stint with the with the Warriors after a couple of years absent from coaching, but. We're not too far removed, Griffo, from that horror run he had at the Newcastle Knights from 2016 to 2019, where he won 26%, 26% of his games. I mean, yeah. at, the, at the Warriors, he's coached 30, 37 games for 12 wins. That's a win uh, percentage of 32. He's under 50% for that for his whole career, and that includes some pretty good years over. Um, in England, he, he was another player that, um, another player I should say, another coach that just, you you, 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 you felt it, it was coming if the Warriors didn't really have a great year.
1: Well, they've been awful. They've been going worse than the Tigers. Uh, we did the uh, half yearly reports last week. Mm. And the Warriors were able to delve uh, into a dig into a deeper hole they were pathetic um, <laughs> and as much as it's the players out there not performing they are under a coach yeah and uh, I just couldn't see well, I didn't know he was going to go this soon but he apparently had told the powers that be that for personal reasons he really couldn't see himself he said uh he would see out his contract he had his contract until the end of next year if if he had to but he would not be signing beyond that once they were back in new zealand so he was prepared to go to new zealand next year and coach but not beyond that and that was um you know, it was not coming from a position of power, really. When you, they've won four games this year, but I, I think they've been as bad as any other team, um, and particularly in recent times, uh, they're they're just awful. And I wish him well. He he uh, he always comes across as a as a nice guy, and uh, I'm sure he'll he'll find work in the media. He's been—he's yeah, yeah. uh, done media work before, and and I, I used to really enjoy listening to him on a Saturday on Triple M. Uh, I'd be out there on the kayak and and I'd have the phone inside my dry pack, and uh, I'd hear bits and pieces uh, unless a plane or a helicopter went over. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I really enjoyed listening to him because he's a very knowledgeable guy about rugby league. Um, but yeah, it just hasn't been able to get the coaching success, um, at the three clubs in the NRL that he's been to. He did have success in England and apparently he built up a team that was struggling. I think it was the Huddersfield Giants. Uh, and then yeah. went on to win a, yes something. Um, and then Newcastle bought him for the same sort of thing to do a rebuild, yeah. um, and that's what but got
0: him it, the job at, the, at St. Helens, really, what he did with Huddersfield. Yeah. yeah, so, so he, he had success. He got success, the, yeah. and
1: obviously if you're at St. Helens and, and you're in the UK, you are got to win something. Um, yes. Yeah, and, and if you don't win something, then you you really can't coach because you've always got the better players of St. Helens and, and Wigan. Um, but yeah, it just hasn't worked for him in the NRL. Um, but as I said, he, he offers plenty um, that will see him employed, uh, should he choose uh, to be in the media.
0: Yeah, definitely. And and, and as we said, he's got that um, that experience. Not only, I mean, I mean, his playing career was very very successful in his playing career. Um, great hooker for St George for a long time there through the nineties. And the the coaching career, obviously, that experience. I, I think you've got it right there. I think. Um, I think a great role for him is to be in the media. He's got great knowledge of the game. And, you know, obviously to be an NRL coach for almost 20 years, you've got to be an absolute, you know, student of the game and have great knowledge. And he's done, you know, many more things than most of us would ever dream of. Absolutely. Uh, so I think, yeah, you know, I'd love to see him continue that in the media and love listening to his insight, given the fact that he's, um you yeah, know, he's he's been there in the trenches, so to speak. Uh, but his replacement, um, Stacey Jones, I mean... It was sort of funny, you know, we've got two two quality halfbacks from a similar era, um, of a similar age, and Stacey Jones and Brett Kamala taking over clubs this week. Um, his playing career, it's another one where it speaks for itself, all of his accolades and experience, um, representative matches for New Zealand. I think he played 48 games, yes, 48 games for New Zealand. Um, that's a massive representative career for him, and obviously the... Um, the New Zealand Warriors, or the Auckland Warriors, as they were um, called when they first come into the competition. I think he was actually part of that inaugural side in uh, 1995. He was with them through to 05, had a short stint over with uh, Catalan Dragons, and then came back in um, 2009 to play for the uh, for the Warriors. So we, we know that he's a very successful player, and another player who has dabbled here and there in... Um, in coaching. Uh, he's coached the Warriors side in the New South Wales Cup. He's also been an um, assistant coach for quite a long time from my understandings at the Warriors. I think he's worked under McFadden, uh, Kearney, Payton and now Nathan Brown. Uh, he was pretty much the, um, the next progression. It was the, the logical choice for them if they had to have someone step up and into that role there at New Zealand to be. Stacy Jones Similar thing, I suppose. Griffo, we've got a. Um...
1: Look, he, he's unquestionably the greatest ever New Zealand warrior. Correct. Um, yep. Unquestionably. Yep. Arguably the greatest ever, uh, Kiwi rugby league player, Stacey Jones. He is. Uh, he's, he's in the conversation. Royalty in New Zealand. Yep. And. Um. I would think the people of New Zealand. I mean, I'm only giving my thoughts here. I'm I'm, I'm not a Kiwi. Um,
0: but I think popular. they will
1: respond <laughs> positively to Stacey Jones being their coach. And I would like to see him continue. I mean, obviously, it's an interim position. And to be fair, I can't see him winning many games this year, irrespective of you. They could put Wayne Bennett in there. Yeah, but they're yeah, just yeah, a horrible yeah. team. Um, so he's not necessarily in a in a winning situation here. Um, coming in to a team that is absolutely on its knees, uh, I, I can't see him winning many games. But yeah, I hope he he gets enough. Uh, if he can get them to be competitive and show some spirit then that might be enough to get him the gig I I would like to see him as the coach of that side Um, yeah he, he will I think he'll get a lot of the people in New Zealand who may have gone off the Warriors they haven't seen him play live for a few years the team's going like a busted and uh, TVs would be switching off, I would imagine, over in, in New Zealand for the Warriors. He might get them to switch back on. I hope mm. so.
0: Yeah, so, so plenty going on in, in coaching land. Obviously, this uh, comes off the back of um, already this season. Trent Barrett um, leaving the Bulldogs. Mick Potter's over there as the, uh, the interim coach, I think, is the the term they're also using so effectively there's there's three coaching jobs up for grabs um the other team i suppose which we know their official coach is is wayne bennett um there's also a talk group i just want to get your thoughts here while we're talking about coaches there's been a bit of talk about the coaching staff that's going to make up um you know this the, the overall staff there at the dolphins um, one of the players, ex-players, I should say, um, of a more modern era who has shown an interest in coaching and has actually been seen this week with Brad Fitler helping out with the Blues is Sam Burgess. Hearing a few rumblings, I know this isn't Shano's tidbits, but <laughs> my, uh, my sources aren't as acu- accurate, hearing a few rumblings that, um, he may be linked with a assistant role at the Dolphins.
1: Yeah, I've heard, I've heard similar things. Um... He's obviously very close to Wayne Bennett, Um, and he obviously has aspirations to be an NRL coach. Um, Again, he's got all the attributes of being one of the greatest NRL players of the modern era. he always expressed a desire to play state of origin for New South Wales, mm. but of course, being uh, English, it um, wasn't eligible, and he didn't pass the the eligibility test. Just as uh, Sonny Bill Williams also often expressed that desire <coughs> to play state of origin, he actually represented New South Wales in the in the junior state of origin. Um, Sam Burgess did not do that, but. But um yeah, I I mean that's another whole issue I won't, won't go down that yeah. track. But um just on the coaching, yeah, uh why not? Why not? If he wants to learn, he's, he's you know, he's gonna learn a lot off Wayne. Yep. For me, I I when I heard that, you know, those those rumblings, I sort of thought, yeah, they might but can't they get a gig at South Sydney? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, that's the only thing that'll stop him. I feel for me, South Sydney, Sam Burgess is to to see him representing in some way another NRL franchise just don't seem right. Um, but you know, South they've got a number of uh, assistant coaches at the moment. Um, they're still paying. I believe sam burgess until 2024
0: uh we might as well do some coaching then <laughs> well that's it like, either like, that or he can know. sell fairy floss at red phone over yeah. on saturday morning
1: <laughs> that's not a bad gig you're getting paid to 2024 he's
0: been yeah. you know well hello uh, what have we got although maguire was to the end of this year was brown and Barrett, have yep. you got any coaches that would be on this year? I mean, there, there's coaches... I mean, that's that's the implication too for the clubs of second coaches. They've got to pay the um, yeah. the rest of the contract. I don't think any of these guys were on long-term, though. I think most of them were just seeing out the year. The other thing too, just speaking of the Dolphins, before we move on and have a chat about um, what happened last week and then go into Origin, just one final um, question for you, Griffo. Um, we've seen Barrett... Brown and Maguire uh, basically sacked. Do you see any of these blokes finding uh, coaching jobs at another club, whether it be, like, you know, we know, I'm thinking Jason Taylor where he was a head coach and then he went and he was an assistant somewhere else. Would you see a Barrett, a Brown or a Maguire go to, say, a dolphins or another club, if they had an opening for a, um, uh, if it wasn't a head coach but a, another member of the coaching staff, could you see them supporting? Yeah. someone?
1: oh, hard, hard to see a coach saying to Michael Maguire, who's who's been a, a head coach for so long, when, yeah. you know, what a premierships, say, oh, oh, come, you know, come give me on there, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, Trent Barrett's been down that road a few times. He's been uh, certainly an assistant coach at Penrith, left to go and coach Manley under a little bit of controversy. Um, that didn't work. A year or so later, came back uh, to Penrith as assistant coach again uh, and and was widely uh, touted as, as being one of the major reasons for the turnaround in the club. Um, they got to the grand final. He, he then went off again as a head coach to the bulldogs and it just did not work at all. Uh, I couldn't ever see him being a, a head coach but you know maybe maybe uh, he might get a gig as a as an assistant somewhere um, if he wants I, I'm not sure. Um, I'd find it hard to see Nathan Brown uh as a head coach anywhere given that he's basically failed at three clubs.
0: He's had his chance.
1: Yeah. I, I yeah. couldn't see him getting another gig in the NRL. Maybe as again, maybe as an assistant, but um again, is that something he really wants? Um been there, done that type thing. Um I know he's got, you know, quite a few kids. Uh, he might just be thinking, well, I'm going to, uh, you know, they've sacrificed a bit, you know, they've gone over to England, they've gone to Queensland, they've, you know, maybe it's just time to head back home and um, just live
0: yeah, a all-life.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. As I said, it's not going to be short of uh, opportunities because uh, he's very good, uh, I think, the media. Uh, they're always looking for someone um, and, and some of the people that go in there do a great job most of them actually um, and some maybe are not quite so suited but he's suited and uh, yeah I'd be surprised if, you, if we don't see him in the media uh, a little bit more than, than perhaps he had been in the past yeah. uh, but there's one thing uh, I, I did neglect uh, we're talking about Stacey Jones and uh, almost every time I think of Stacy Jones, I can't but help thinking of the 12th man. Yeah,
0: I knew you, guys. <laughs> well, hey, we've got the pronunciation of his name right the whole time tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you haven't listened to that, that's a cracker with the uh, Raps Warren Jones you know, through the... Uh... The, yeah. the, the team and um, yeah Stacey, uh, it, just... I thought
1: they could have got they could have got the twelfth man to come and do the commentating for Origin. That how uh, good I, that would have been.
0: I, I was going to say yeah, because that's another thing too. Um, another bit of news that's become um become clear and as, as you mentioned, it's funny that you mentioned it there. It's probably remiss of us not to talk about Ray Rabs Warren and the fact that it is now um clear and it is official that he um will no longer be calling. Uh, the rugby league um i know definitely for my generation griffo being someone who was born in the 80s grew up through the 90s and um watched a lot of football, you know was basically watched football for as long as i can remember um pretty much all the games the big games the big moments that i can remember in my lifetime uh, the the soundtrack to those big moments when i think back to them um Ray Warren calling the um calling the action, and we know that especially even in recent times, whilst we've had the alternative uh, coverage on Fox, the big games like Origin and the Grand Finals, um always Rab Warren, Rabs Warren calling, wow. and um, yeah. yeah he and he, he really he's one of those blokes where you can never really um, fault his contribution to the game because that's something that I really wanted to talk about tonight is not only the fact yes he's a great call X Y Z, but I think that people need to acknowledge his role in making rugby league as successful as it has been um for years long before you know i was watching rugby league
1: yeah um yeah i've got memories that go back to the mid 70s um and he was the uh the voice of channel 10 rugby league yep who did the uh the uncle cop the midweek Cup competition a very much younger looking and uh, certainly <laughs> sounded different back then too um as, as you do i mean we're talking about you know nearly 50 years ago yeah um that's how long he's been involved in in the sydney rugby league and then obviously into the nrl but um yeah he uh he was he was a channel 10 man and uh they had the midweek um Competition for, for quite a long time, well, through my childhood, really, um, and he was always the, the man there. And then uh, I think they might have got the the weekend footy, um, and then and they dumped him. Uh, this is maybe nineteen eighty approximately. Um, they replaced him with Rex Mossop, who was. Yeah. the channel seven man channel 7 used to do the Sunday game um, and it was ABC on Saturday and that was that was it you got the Saturday game three o'clock and you got the highlights of the Sunday games so you saw about one hour of one game on the Sunday all the games of bar one were on a Saturday um, and yeah so they got rid of Ray Warren uh, and brought in Rex from from channel 7 Um and then Ray went to, he went to radio. Uh, he worked for, I think it was 2GB then. 2GB weren't the big station at that time. They were maybe uh, a little behind, but but he, he was on with uh, Peter Peters. Uh, I remember that year, that was the year that Parramatta won their first grand final. Ray was a Parramatta fan. Uh, he lived in the area. Um, at, uh, at sort of Altu Gabby there. Uh, my sister actually knew him. Uh, he, she, her first husband, um, lived on the same street uh, and they were sort of, their families were best friends. So I, I never wow. met him in that sense, but she knew mm. him. Um, and uh, his son is sort of best mate of my, uh, my former brother-in-law. And I've, I've yeah, he he was sort of the MC at uh, my sister's wedding, um, his son, and uh, a couple of months ago he was the MC at my niece's wedding, my sister's uh, daughter. So, um, well, I don't know Ray personally. I, I, I certainly um, I know his son a little bit, um, and yeah, so he, he he was a Parramatta supporter, um, lived in in the area. He didn't grow up in the area, obviously, but uh, but yeah, he. he uh, so, and he called that that first Parramatta win um, on radio, he, and of course later on, went on to uh, forge, and uh, uh, you know, a couple of decades as the voice of rugby league on Channel Nine. So most people today really would only know him as as a Channel Nine man, but uh, he started out with Channel Ten many years ago.
0: Yeah, and 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 obviously, um, you know. His, um, his career extends beyond rugby league. It's probably worth us um, just mentioning and acknowledging, obviously, he would have done a lot of calling for the for horse racing over the time. I think a lot of people yeah. are also uh, very familiar with his work. Um, you know, during um, Olympics and uh, you know, swimming meets and whatnot, the the famous, you know, <laughs> Hackett Thorpe Thorpe and Hackett yeah. Call, which uh, yet again the 12th man... Um, you know parodied and uh, yep. paid tribute to I like to say more so with Billy Birmingham's work but um yeah it really really um, big part of rugby league in this country um, just yeah it, it's really hard for us to sum up and, and acknowledge the importance of uh, this man in the success of rugby league in Australia um, as you said over the past you know, 50 odd years massive
1: massive indeed um, and and like Richie Bennell, uh, Ray was the voice of rugby league Richard was the yeah. voice of cricket yeah. but without the 12th man I don't think either of them would have gained the the status um, yeah, great. I don't know if that's the right word the notoriety amongst the wider community so most people love the 12th man <laughs> um, and I mean it, it just brings so much laughter yeah but because of the 12th man I think it elevated the status of, of both Richie and also Ray Warren yeah. I doubt whether we would have the, the group called the Richies who would have you know who still dress up for the Sydney test I doubt they would have done that if it was not for the for the 12th man and and the, the sort of the notoriety that that he brought Richie I don't think was the hugest fan of the 12th man <laughs> but Ray and the 12th man were quite close um and did work together uh on the Dead Set Legends on Triple M which yeah. used to be uh fantastic because talking to Ray is as rabs and um uh, it was just uh, for someone of my generation and someone who follows Rugby League closely, that's hilarious. But for someone who doesn't know the game, yeah, given. But, but for me, uh, I just thought that was magical. And yeah, I was yeah. so disappointed when the 12th man packed up the microphone. Um, yeah, because just so many hours of absolute hilarity. Um, you know my favorite was Mullins Mullins <laughs> I remember I remember watching that game yeah um, you relate back to the moments uh, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I happened to be married at the time and um, and my, my ex-wife who was not into rugby league but you know she'd see something and, and uh, yeah that yeah just the excitement that Ray would build up to that crescendo and the 12th man would take it you know to an everest level turn it turn, <laughs> it, turn it up
0: to eleven, yeah. so to speak yeah
1: yeah
0: it's, yeah it's wonderful it's really wonderful as you said it it, it really um it really el- elevated him i don't know if it did as much for daryl eastlake but that's still out there we'll uh no <laughs> we'll no yeah, daryl
1: was uh, daryl's uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he uh he changed a lot of things he <laughs> changed a lot of huge. things huge yeah. yeah. Um, but
0: but you know, but even those things that we, 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 we make those voices, we parody them, we have fun. That's what being a sports fan in Australia is all about. And like you yeah. said, Griffo, with 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 voices like uh, Billy Birmingham's Twelfth Man, um they're, they're some of the fond memories that we can link back yeah. to There's, to there's no Warren. one
1: like that anymore. Like nah, there's no one no no none of the uh, commentators really that you know yeah, it's it's just not like that anymore. You um, got to
0: wonder if that's you know not to cut you off there just 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 to, to put into your analysis there, Griffo, Is it something that it's 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 sort of like a lost art that iconic commentary personality? Are they you know? I mean, there's some great voices in 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 rugby league and in cricket and yeah. so on and so forth, but that that real iconic voice of the game.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think there is now. Um, mm. I, I, again, I think it's something that you've grown up with and maybe there will be again. Maybe kids who are around today, you know, in, in 30, 40 years time might be talking about someone. So I, I quite like Dan Ganane as a, as a commentator. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's um, you know, very successful. Yep. Yeah, but I think, uh, you know, I think, you know, I like Dan Ganane. Um, Warren Smith's
0: probably the main Fox one. Yeah, I think, I think
1: probably Voss is their main man. He gets the bigger games, but um, the nine guys don't inspire me at all. Um, uh, I, I, I tend to just watch Fox now. Um, as far as you know, when I'm watching the rugby league, um. I just prefer their commentary. Uh, but yeah, there's no there's no voice of rugby league now. Um, whether Is there even, will be.
0: Even Graham Hughes used to be one of the ones I remember. Yeah, Graham Hughes. You know, he, he, well, he, he was quite he, an iconic one, even.
1: Yeah, he was. Um, he He was a player mm. in the 70s and early Hughes 80s. Brothers. Yeah, he also played cricket for New South Wales. Um, so he was probably the last person to do that um, in, you know, in an era that was not fully professional It was only semi, semi-professional semi in both games But he did become the voice for Channel 10 in the late 80s And uh, he called the first Penrith Grand Final um, While 10 still had the rights uh, So Royce, um, you know, in that iconic game uh, it was graham Hughes's voice there and i think it went to nine the following year and uh ray warren was was their man um yeah certain sports you just think of certain voices of it. when i when i was younger and, and, and SBS used to have the soccer for me the voice was martin tyler it still is mm. yeah. um, phil liggett for the for the cycling um, the sort of iconic, as as Ray Warren was, he still is, still with us, but he's just not on the TV. And obviously, as as Richie was as well for cricket, but uh, lots of good memories. Definitely, lots
0: memories. definitely lots of good memories. And as we said, definitely worth noting his uh, contribution to rugby league. And uh, probably they're probably the biggest news stories, other than Origin, which we'll get to in a moment, happening in rugby league. Um, we obviously have to touch on the fact that we do have um, the NRL competition also running concurrently with the uh, Origin this week. Last week there was the shortened round. Uh, We saw the Cowboys continue their winning ways against the Titans. Um, The Titans, they're the only team in the bottom four that haven't sacked their coach this year. Um, Don't know if uh, Mr Holbrook wants to hear that but uh, look, they went down 32 points to 6 again. The disappointment of the weekend. Um, Actually, I Actually, want to ask you about this one, Griffo. The Panthers, 30 points to 18 over the Bulldogs. I know that there were points even with you know 10 or 15 minutes to go where the Dogs were within maybe 10 points, I think it was, uh, uh, late in the game, so technically still in with a shot of winning this game. Panthers, a lot of young players came into this side. You talked about Gus's plan earlier on, that five-year plan that may have extended out a little bit, but we saw the Superstars in origin camp unavailable and players coming in and taking the spot. I mean the one I want to get your thoughts on um Kurt Falls. I think he was one that people are going to be talking about a little bit um but yeah it's just it was just great to see Penrith with so many players out just roll youngsters off the production line to get the job done.
1: Yeah. Um and and look to be fair not quite youngsters in in most cases the guys they brought in last week um i think kurt might have to undergo a name change uh after last week he might have to be kurt rises now um because <laughs> he'd be he, in his
0: mid-20s though wouldn't he
1: yeah he's uh i think that i've heard conflict in reports he's around 25 maybe 26 yeah. he went to school with he played at school with nathan cleary um Cleary he was yeah. a 5'8 at St. Dom's and, and Falls the halfback so um, <laughs> there you go. yeah you think they they might had if they'd had a, a few players around them they might have a fair side there um I think he's a better goal kicker than Nathan Nathan's you know one of the best but I, I've seen uh Kurt Falls kick uh, over a few years when sometimes I've been in there early to watch the reserves go around and he's a very very good goal kicker um yeah, he's he's come through. He, he only got his first full on full time contract just at the start of this year. He got two, he signed a two year deal. Um, he'd be on bottom money, but um, you know he's obviously realised the dream and, and broken through and, and got a start in an NRL game. Now, um, where that leads, who knows? I mean, good halfbacks are hard to come by um there's a lot of teams who've struggled in to, to get a number seven now whether he's a long-term nrl halfback i don't know i've not seen enough of him to be honest mm. but the signs are good um the signs are good so uh i'm led to believe sean o'sullivan is going to go to the the Redcliffe dolphins or just the dolphins without the Redcliffe. um Kurt Falls, as I said, I think he's on contract next year as well. Um, but if he sees a bit more first grade and continues to show that he's a pretty handy player, I mean, he, he had a try assist very early in the game last week. Um, you'd think there'd be teams who be wanting to get his signature because he's never going to be the main man in Perth. Um, unless there's a significant injury to Nathan Cleary uh, or Jerome Luai, so his future, if he wants to play regular NRL, mm-hmm. is probably going to be elsewhere. If that's what he wants to do.
0: The, the funny thing, too, Griffo, with this, and like you made a good point when you know, when I, I spoke, you know, we've got these guys coming in, and you know, you, you said, well, they're not really young guys. You make a good point because even. Um, you know, the, the like Matt Eisenhuth, who's a yeah, mix Yeah, guy, the guys nice like brought, in yeah, 30s, Robert you know. Jennings, Robert Jennings, Jennings Matt yep. Eisenhoof,
1: Chris Smith. Yep, Smith would be uh, in his Charles late 20s. Sullivan. He's been around for a long time. Yeah, he's been and, around a while, Chris Smith. So they didn't actually... No,
0: they're not They, they didn't got, they brought any, any like, teenagers
1: or, you know, 20-year-olds. They they're all experienced guys. That and that's, And
0: that's an interesting point I want to make about Penrith is with their depth, because... It's not all the time that you see a club with two of the best halves. We'll take the halves for an example. Two of the best halves in the competition. They're the New South Wales halves. To have the depth of your Falls and O'Sullivan, as well as a Jamin Salmon, they've got a lot of depth considering that they've got two of the best halves in the competition. And I know they would have had origin periods in their mind going forward, but we don't see that at a lot of clubs. We don't always see these experienced, you know, I mean, Seventh's been around for a few years. As you said, Falls, we know that uh, O'Sullivan, he might be also heading towards his mid-20s. These players with first-grade experience in those supporting roles, um, yeah. it's, it's a luxury for them. Well, I, think, I, this I think
1: this was something that they, they targeted in their recruitment for this year, yeah. After seeing what happened last year, where they the Origin period they they got smashed by the West Tigers, and then went down to the Sharks uh, as well. Two teams that unquestionably uh, at full strength they would have beaten, um, but they, they they actually the other thing Graham they did was they rested those guys that were coming in. They didn't play in the. Uh, New South Wales Cup the week before. Yeah, that's that's excellent um, to me. So, like, and and basically so sacrificed sacrificed right. the win uh, to do so. Um, but that just shows the about, holistic
0: view of the club. It's about the right, first grade about, exactly. team winning the premiership. And if the if the if the reserve grade team has to lose to assist in the first grade team winning the premiership, that's that's just the that's a holistic view of the the competition i think that's yeah. they're, they're just doing everything right I just can't get my head around the fact that everything at the panthers they do i I just can't remember a decision they've made over the past couple of years that we're scratching our head over and thinking it's mad they just get everything right they're they're, they're the they're the measuring stick in the competition oh well, yeah it,
1: it wasn't always that way it wasn't always that way but uh um they're certainly making a lot of good decisions now and uh, uh particularly you know unfortunately they're, they're losing again I mean, they lost matt burton they lost kirk Capel, two big name players at the end of last yeah. year solid Bird, cup fighting. Burton
0: another half really yeah you know,
1: he's yeah in the well,
0: centers because of the the quality in the halves yeah
1: That's... but in this year they're going to lose kicko and corey now they're massive they're, those two guys yeah, have been are. Pretty much amongst their best players every week. Um, and they're really going to miss both of them next year. But, uh, they're, you know, they're bringing in Luke Garner to, to sort of cover for Kikau. Um, and there's a few guys there who can, who can play hooker. None of them anywhere near the quality of, of Appy. But, um, you know... We we know someone who, who may come through and and be that long term hooker. Uh, Riley Smith certainly hope to see his career grow. But uh, you know, there's a couple of other guys, Mitch Kenny and, and Sony Luke. Sony Luke's been
0: Sony Luke's filled in impressive he's, he's got a yeah. lot of skills,
1: Sony Luke. Um,
0: but yet another player who's not you know, yeah he's young, he's, he's, he's been around and, yeah. and there's yeah. just I think there's just something now at that club, you know. You know, we used to have like players go; they play a few years in the NRL, and they'd be first graders, but they they wouldn't set the world alight. And then they would go to Melbourne, and they'd look like superstars. Yep. I think I think Penrith knows how to. They've got it. We talked about coaches before. I I think they know how to coach players and bring the best out of players. I think I think those stories where we've got players in their mid twenties playing their best football because of the systems in place at Penrith. That 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 for me is what solidifies Nathan Cleary as one of the best coaches in the world. And over the past you know twenty years or whatever, I know the premiership last year helped. And you need that. Obviously, people won't take you as seriously without the premiership. No, but it's those would've. little those no. little things um, that, that that get the job done. And yeah, I, I think they're doing a phenomenal job out there. Yeah. Uh, Another team who got back on the winning circle, the Manly Seagulls, albeit against the Warriors 44-12. That game was a home game for Manly on Saturday. And on Sunday, we saw the Raiders defeat the Roosters. So yet again, another loss for the Roosters, Griffo. Um, We've got the Raiders. They're just hovering around that um, top half of the bottom eight. I think they're in 11th at the moment. They're, They're just giving their fans a bit of hope they can push for the top eight.
1: Well, they're heading in the right direction. Not ever, I, I'd sort of written them off earlier in the year. I thought they were awful. Yeah. But uh, thereabouts now, um, they're only two points out of the eight. Two and, points uh, behind the Roosters. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, they're they're starting to look like a good team. Um, so I, I, I've got, I've got the cutoff off now uh, at at eleven. And anything below 11 is is out of the running for mine.
0: Yeah. So you, you the red lines through the Knights, Tigers, Warriors, Titans, and Bulldogs. Um, okay. Yeah. Which is which is fair enough because if we look at the ladder now, as we said, um, the Panthers obviously out in front. Uh, they're on 24 points currently. Uh, second place of the Storm on 20. Cowboys. Holding on to third with 18 points. But also on 18 points are the Broncos and Parramatta. So that takes us down to fifth. In sixth place on 16 points, we have the Sharks. The Roosters are on 14 in seventh. South Sydney are coming eighth on 14. Uh, The Dragons also on 14 points in ninth. And then Manly Seagulls and Canberra on 12. And as we said, the teams at Griffo's put the line through in 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, and 16th. We had the Knights on 10, Tigers on 8, Warriors on 8, Titans on 6, and Bulldogs on 4. So it is, um, it is a bit of a different top 8 to what we expected at the start of the year, considering we all had uh, the Roosters as the minor premiers. We had South. Well entrenched in the top four. We thought that Manly would be up there. They're not even in the top eight at the moment. The real surprises, I think, are the Queensland teams, given that we've got the Cowboys uh, number three, Broncos number four. So, there are plenty of teams there that are, um, for what we thought, really overachieving this year, going above and beyond what we expected, um, and... This week, keep in mind, there is another round of footy, despite the fact we've got State of Origin on tomorrow night. Round 14, will kick off. The players for the State of Origin do have the option to back up. Um, Sometimes we see teams rest players. We'll talk about that when we go through the teams, obviously, because there will be implications, given the fact that some players will have to play on Wednesday and then back up again on Wednesday. Um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, depending on when their team plays, even a Monday game this week, given the um, public holiday. But really looking back at the scores and where the ladder is now, um, it's probably worth us heading over to Griffo now that we've uh, had a look back at last week to um, see what uh, caught his eye for Griffo's Griffo's grab. What caught your eye this week, mate?
1: Well, it was a split round. There wasn't as much rugby league.
0: I wonder if people um, understand what we're talking about when we say the split round. Remember when it used to be over two rounds, you'd have the, you know, round 10A and 10B. Yeah. Um, yeah, shortened round. I didn't actually see too those. much.
1: I, I saw live first down the thing that I'm going to say is my uh, grab for this week. And uh, it was... A combination of of uh, two players who showed that they are still classic players playing in a classless team, and that is uh, Matt Burton and, and Josh Addo-Carr. Yeah, um, they sort of stood out with uh, Burton with his kicking game, um, well orchestrated, set up the first try with a short kick uh, out to the wing, Josh Addo-Car had the speed to to get there and put his hand over the line. And then in the second half, uh, they were deep in their own territory early in the count and uh, Matt Burton kicked long and just uh, the speed of Josh Addo-Car got to the ball and uh, just ran away and scored a second try. So, um, not what I wanted to see, um, but I was very appreciative of the skill level and just the uh, the thought process that went in there. Uh, the Bulldogs scored 18 points against the Panthers. Uh, not too many teams have done that this year or, or, or higher. I mean, maybe only once or twice has that happened. Certainly Para would have when they beat Penrith and they might have got 22 or something like that. Um, I can't really think that anyone else got more than 18 uh, points so oh, yes on the strength Penrith but uh, 12 of those points were a direct result of the combination of of the uh, the two well Josh carr was expected to be wearing blue tomorrow night mm. um, he wouldn't have scored those tries if he was because he wouldn't have been there <laughs> true <laughs> um, and uh, Matt Burton well you know if he was a Panther center yeah. he'd be a blue yeah. center as well so uh, we yeah. talked about it last week that the, the careers of of guys who go to these clubs um, tend to go backwards. And that's going to be, I guess, a sticking point for the clubs at the bottom end in the future. They're going to look at these situations that will, you know, this guy's going here a, an international or state of origin player and he's no longer playing in those teams.
0: Yep. And,
1: and he's just not performing to that level. Um, it's,
0: it's, yeah. it's, a, uh, it's a hard one, too, because like you said, you know, you go to these teams and we talked about it a long time ago. I can't even remember the player we were talking about. It could even have been O'Carr. And we said, you've got to... I actually think it was Car because we said, yes, you're, you, you're making the money. And we know that Josh Car wanted to go back to Sydney. But the sacrifice is huge. We said... We actually basically said that it would cost him an opportunity to win a Premiership. I don't think at the time we connected the dots to, to understand that it would cost him his spot in the Origin team. Now, he obviously had something to prove yeah. on the weekend, but but like you said, moving to these clubs who are not regularly winning football games, it, it, it's, a, it's hard to show your worth. But on the weekend, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I thought I thought he had some, um, some some really good touches in that game. He he showed what he was capable of. We know he's got something to prove. I don't know. Is this the kick in the the pants that Freddie was hoping to to to, to give Ado Car to get the best out of him?
1: I don't know. I don't think he needed a kick in the pants, to be honest. I think he needed a blue um,
0: jersey, but anyway, we'll yeah. talk about that in a I minute. Mean, well, if he was time. still at
1: the Storm, he, he'd be playing for New South Wales. Yeah, he, he, it
0: just, is true. And I know yeah. it's a lot of ifs and buts and whatnot, but I think it just shows there is... The, the tough thing for the Bulldogs, I think what we're also highlighting here, the tough thing is that there are some very talented players in that team, like Matt Burton... Coming out of the grand final last year, he was the he was the he was the informed centre. He I, I just I, I still have nightmares about that first try of the grand final where he just he made it look like he was playing touch football against South Sydney. I just couldn't believe how easy it was for him to score that try. He was a massive part of that team last year, and we know now the Panthers have rolled on and, and moved on, but gee, that it's, it's quality footballers that you just you just think, gosh, like, how, old, how long? How long are Burton and Ado Carr at the Dogs for? I mean, I'm already trying to get them I out. I think. Of the uh, team.
1: I'm pretty sure Burton is contracted for next year, but then he's got a player option for the following year. So, um, Addo Carr might be a little bit different. He might be a bit more long term. Mm. Um,
0: he's also a different stage of his career as well.
1: Oh, of course. Yeah, and uh, yeah he's won a couple of premierships i think Um, true at least one i think two um so he's he's done it all he's he has played for australia the the aussie team hasn't played for a while They'll play this year but interesting to see whether whether he will be part of that but um yeah uh he's still good enough
0: Still he is, he is, and um, look, he'll he'll really want to be pushing for for a spot in this New South Wales Blues side. Look, depending on how it all goes on Wednesday night, um, hopefully for us, Griffo, it's a it's a Blues win. Everything goes smoothly, and uh, they're one nil in the series. But obviously, the big talking point, the things we want to get to tonight, is state of origin. Um, I said at the top of the podcast that it was about twenty-five hours till kickoff. We're now about twenty-four hours till kickoff. Uh, So this time tomorrow we're uh, we're into the
1: first half now. Uh, That's right, all right.
0: And and look, the 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 big talk about this game. um, We we went through the teams last week. The big talk really from now until kickoff is going to be. Are we going to see the teams line up exactly as they're listed? I know a lot of fans... Uh, I talked to um, uh, Michael, who does all of our music on the show this afternoon. Uh, we were even discussing whether or not there's going to be a change before kickoff. Uh, his gut feeling was that we're going to see Crichton in the centres, Whiten on the bench, and that you know Queensland may well have been preparing for that all along. There's that question... I've also heard talk that Katoni Staggs dislocated a finger at training. Um, we're hearing that's not an issue, so if you've heard anything about that, um, no concerns there. We've got the deputants in the um, New South Wales team in Madison and Crichton. Um, you know, still unsure of what Crichton's role is going to be. There's so many questions around this team, Griffo. For New South Wales first of all, um, we know that we've got two Perls in there instead of uh, Adokar. Whiten named in the centre, so for the purpose of our preview we'll, we'll assume that he's going to start in the centres. This team here isn't necessarily what we expected to see 1-17, to however in all fairness, in all seriousness, um, given the circumstances of turbo, the out, it's, it's a very, very strong new South Wales side. I think we have still got to be fair in saying that regardless of whether, uh, the punters agree with the one to 17.
1: Yeah, it is a strong side. Um, it doesn't quite have the star power of the team that ran around in games one and two last year. Um, but there's guys in this side uh, it's instill confidence in me. Um, I'm talking about the likes of Aze Yo, mm. Cameron Murray, Nathan Cleary, James Tedesco. You know what you're going to get from those guys. Um, and what you're going to get is going to be good. Um, so... The leadership of the team is very solid. Um, they're not old guys; they're experienced campaigners, but they're not at the, you know, at the on uh, the back end of their career. Uh, um, they're still at the peak of their powers. Those, because some maybe some would say, haven't quite reached yet the peak of their powers. Um, certainly, in the case of of Nathan Cleary and then probably Cameron Murray. Um, but they're going to be around for a long time as as the as the backbone of this team. Um, so that instills confidence. Um, yes, there are question marks, um, and for mine, the, the question mark is is around Jack White at centre, based on what we saw a couple of years ago. Ricky's come out and said, you know, he's going to be uh, he's going to be better. Um he's I don't Ricky he, uh, look, I'll say this about Ricky Stewart. He does he does back his men. Um Jack Whiten is is a very talented rugby league player. Very, very talented, offers a lot. But he's yeah, you just don't know. He's not like a, a Cameron Murray or an Isaiah Yeo, or a Nathan Cleary, that you, you just know that they're going to be on their game. Tedesco, the same. Um, but at his best, Jack Whiten, is is one of the greats of, of the NRL. He's got a Clive Churchill medal. He's got a M medal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think he's out of position at center. I don't think it, it's where he played best football, but uh, he has got the ability to do well there. He is a damaging runner close to the line. So um, both he and Katoni Stags offer that. Close to the line, they're going to be really hard to handle. Um, Brian Toto played really well last year for the Blues, and, and he's been out a bit for with injury, but he's he's been back for a little while now. So... Expect things, running the ball out of his own uh, danger zone. Tupo's also good at that. Um, I think Queenslanders have certainly got a lot more pace Mm. out out wide than what New South Wales have got. That's a big advantage. Uh, The likes of Cobo, Holmes, uh, Coates, Gagai, I think they're pretty much... If you line them up in a 100 meter race, <laughs> they're probably taking the first four spots out of eight.
0: And, and we know that Gagai lifts playing for the Maroons. It's always been a running joke. I know, um, yeah, you know, and I keep bringing it back to South Sydney, but, you know, it's a, it, it was a running joke over the years when he was at South Sydney that, that fans would actually put on social media and ask that he wear well, yeah, his Queensland jersey underneath the Ravens yeah. one because he seems to lift. He's I'm one sure. of those big game players. That's, that's an interesting dynamic because if we look at the back line on the other side, Griffo, as you mentioned, we know the class of Ponga at the back. Selwyn Cobbo and, and Xavier Coates, they're the youngsters with the skill. The, you know, I mean Xavier Coates, Everyone's talking about, he's like that that young Greg Inglis style player. Yeah. Selwyn Cobbo, we talked so much about on the podcast. With that experience, inside them, they've got very experienced players in Holmes and Gagai. They're a dangerous backline. Um, it scares the piss out of me. What can happen if, uh, if these guys really fire on, uh, on Wednesday night tomorrow?
1: Oh, absolutely. But Queensland didn't scare me at all last year. With, with the last two years, really, with the teams that they've they've put on the park, but they actually won the year before with an inferior team on paper. They still got the job done. Yeah. Um. I don't think there's a really a split hair between these two teams on paper now. Um, New South Wales have got guys we know can perform in the big games, but you know on the flip side, you've got Munster who's a he is a big game player, probably yeah. the ultimate big game player currently in the NRL. Um, DCE. I've never been a huge rap on DCE, but that doesn't mean he's not good. Um, he can be excellent when he's in a team that's going well. He's very good. Just I haven't really seen when the when the rest of the team's not going forward, where where DCE plays a great game. I think there's a lot of question marks on DCE's defence. Yeah, it just has not been up to standard. He misses a lot of tackles. He just doesn't seem to be in sync with the guys around him. So I would imagine they've been doing a lot of work around that. But um, I think there's while while they look great on paper in attack, and they they are great in, on attack, in attack, but I do do think defensively. There could be some issues for them out wide. Um, While Gagai is usually very, very good in defence, I can't remember who he was playing. It might have been Brisbane a couple of weeks ago. He he was he was poor up against I can't remember who it was, but he, uh, you know, he's he's given the odd bath over the years. Then Gagai to a few New South Wales guys, but he he got a bath a few weeks ago. I just, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. The the big advantage that's been talked about and, and probably one of the reasons Daniel Tupor was selected was, was the aerial supremacy of, of the Queensland wingers. Um, it's a concern, no doubt. Uh, whoever's you know, Brian Tottle's up against, he's given away quite a bit of height, uh, whether it's Coates or Cobble, both of them, Will outleap him. They're much taller, um, and, and it's going to be a target. Tupos going to be able to match those guys pretty much, but um, I guess it just focuses really on, on Brian Totlow's wing, where he he will be at a disadvantage in that scenario. One of the ways to counter that is is to make sure that. You're not down on your own line defending too much. And that's something Penrith have been able to do with the kicking game of Nathan Cleary um, throughout the year. There have been teams that virtually haven't seen Penrith's line for 30 or 40 minutes at a time. Um, that's going to be a bit harder to do at, at origin level, but um, that'll be their aim. Uh, those guys do. Caused me some uh, some trepidation. Um, we know that Ponga, at his best, again is one of the best in the NRL. He hasn't been at his best for Newcastle, but again, he's one of these guys that puts on a Queensland jersey and and, and improves. So he worries me in that sense. Monster, yeah, the, it's a star-studded backline. Uh, looking at the forwards. Uh, I think I'd rather have the New South Wales pack than the Queensland pack. Um, Up front, Big Tino and Josh Papali. I think Payne Haas and Junior Paulo, they probably cancel each other out. Um, Damien Cook up against Ben Hunt slash Harry Grant. Harry Grant worries me coming off the bench against tired forwards. We've seen him do it for Queensland before. So I, I actually think that's not a bad move by, by Coach Billy Slater to start with Hunt um in there for the you know for the uh the fireworks well, not fireworks literally these days but most of the energy uh we see in the early part of the game then once that goes out of it a little Um, Someone like Harry Grant can can do all sorts of damage Coming out fresh Um, Queensland have got an advantage there I think Because if Damien Cook does go down Who's in there? Uh, What I've heard is Cameron Murray Will go in to play Mm. dummy half Is is how they've trained Uh, That's a concern uh, if, If there's something happens to Cook And this is where maybe this team selection might not have been perfect. Um, I like the back row pretty much. Maury, Sims, Yo. Um, I prefer them to Capewell, Kafusi, Cotter. Even though, you know, probably Tarek's not been in his best form this year. Uh, he's another guy who, when he puts on a blue jersey, I think he improves. So, I think New South Wales have got an advantage in the back row there. Um on the bench, Steve Crichton. He started his NRL career as a benchman at Penrith. Um there was a game, I think it might have been his debut or it might have been his second game, uh, at uh at Cogra, where he came out as fourteen and his first touch was his try, uh, within less than a minute, he was on the field, he gets the ball and he scores. He's, he's got that ability to to create or, or to make something happen. He may not actually create it, but uh, things happen when he's out there as a bench man. But uh, I just think he's better off starting. But anyway, Liam Martin, um, Regan Campbell-Gillard, Ryan Mattis. I think it's the forwards there are going to add something, each of them when they go on. Uh, They've all got good form. Uh, Madison and Campbell Gillard are big boys, a lot of power there. Liam Martin's not as big, but he's got got plenty of attributes with his speed and he's just 100%. Um, He does miss the odd tackle, but it's because he goes to make plenty and he goes to hit hard, Um, as opposed to some guys who make 50 tackles, no misses, but a lot of the times they're making 50 tackles is because the opposition keep running at them um they're not so keen generally to run at Liam martin but uh collins carrigan nanai um, collins did really well a couple of years ago didn't see the best of him last year due to injury Um, and i don't think we've seen the best of him this year yet carrigan uh, come back from a serious injury he's been really good for the broncos He's a long-term Origin player. Playing his first game, Nanai is a guy on the rise, exciting player, can cause damage. Um, nineteen years of age, uh, going to be you'd think a little bit nervous, but uh, there's there's some concern off the bench for Queensland, and just as Queensland would have some concern with, with the New South Wales bench. Yeah, I, I am concerned that. Uh, something happens to Cleary or Damien Cook, we could be in a bit of trouble.
0: Mm. Yeah, I'm yeah. still
1: going to tip us, yeah. Yeah. though. Yeah,
0: but uh, you make an interesting point because it was something I didn't even com- contemplate until you talked about it. Um, you know, if something happened to Cook and, 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 and they need another hooker, you mentioned Cameron Murray there. Um, obviously, that's an area that uh, Queensland have covered very well with uh, Harry Grant on the bench. But the other thing you touched on there with uh, some of the players that are on debut and some of the younger players are coming in. It's a massive occasion. Obviously, it's not just any football game. It's the biggest. I mean, the, Origins, the pinnacle of our game. It's, it's a, the highest level you can play. I know we have Australian internationals we will call, you know, the highest level of representation. But, but realistically, if you know anything about football, the biggest, um, the biggest game you play is State of Origin. These young players, though, Griffo, like I think of players like a Stephen Crichton, for example. Um, I I mean, you've got Queensland, they've got, um, you know, Cobo coming in. I just, I'm interested to get your thoughts on this young generation coming through because every time we talk about young players, and the Penrith team I'll use as an example of this, we talk about young players being overawed by an occasion. We we, we kind of get the opposite. It's almost like these, these guys, they're young, they're fearless. To them, it's just going out, playing football, having fun. And, you know, what could possibly go wrong? I, I don't know if you get that sense, but, you know, that, that young Panthers side reminds me of that. And I don't know, is Origin too high a level to be able to take that, that attitude through?
1: Well, in the case of the guys, like if you talk about Stephen Crichton, this guy's played yeah. two-round finals.
0: True. And yeah, that's, that's true.
1: <laughs> you like You look at his performances in the semifinal series last year, in every one of those games, he did something significant that without it in that game, Penrith would win. So he came up with a big play in each one of the, the games of, of, of last year's yeah. finals.
0: And that's what um, I mean is these youngsters so, coming up with these plays when we're worried about them not being able to rise to the occasion. They're just fearless.
1: I, I think so. And and I would expect the same from the young guys on the Queensland side. I don't think they're going to be overawed um by the situation. Uh, I might be wrong, but um Kobo looks like a really relaxed sort of a guy. He's gonna be tested, no doubt. They've got to They'd be crazy not to, um, but if, if he passes the test, we're in trouble. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, cause he, he can do damage. He's got all of the attributes that you want. Power, speed, skill, uh, aerial ability. Um, he can do it all. But he worries me, um, and Coates is sort of, he's he's not a rookie at this level. He's played before. He's not having his best year, but uh, he's going okay. Certainly early in the year, he was going well. Um, so I don't think he's not, it's got to be a really an issue for him. He's been there before. Uh, Nanai coming off the bench. Um, I think he'll get the job done as well. I, I don't see even though there are lots of debutants, both teams, I don't see that it's going to be a big issue. Um, yeah, again, different era. I think it was probably a little bit different, and, and you sort of expected that, that rookie guys are going to make some rookie mistakes. Um, shout out to one of our co-workers, uh, a famous rookie. Um don't know if he listens to the podcast, but uh he should. We'll see uh, if Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I don't think it's gonna be a big issue. Uh another guy making his debut Cotter. Um he's uh he's a different style of, of thirteen to the New South Wales man. Um Cotter's your, your, your more of your old fashioned Really just uh, get out there and work hard and run hard, tackle hard, make lots of tackles. He made over 60 tackles against the Panthers two weeks ago. Um, and I don't think he missed any. Uh, but again, thats I guess that's important, but it's not going to win you the game. Uh, might help you save a game. But, uh, but they do have other players there who can just break a game open, the, the likes of Monster, Harry Grant. Um, D.C. his best if if the team's going well. Ben Hunt is a guy who, at this level, has done well. He's he's been Queensland's Player of the Year in two of the last three series. Um. So they've yeah they've got plenty of ability. Uh, a team wearing blue that doesn't have Turbo and Latrell is not. You don't excite people. As much as as this team's going to Without them It's still a really good side And realistically At home You would expect They're going to get the job done um, It's not going to be easy uh, I, I forget what, what I had as my tip I think it might have been About 24-16 Something like that I do think Blues win Both teams will score some tries But I think a narrow Blues victory uh, I don't think it's going to be Anything like what we saw last year in, in games one and two um, with those record scores. But uh, be lovely. Um, I, I'm, I'm planning to be there tomorrow night. I've got a ticket um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to the game. Uh, it's been a couple of years since we've been able to enjoy State of Origin in Sydney. Um, and I'll enjoy it a whole lot more if we win. I don't enjoy it much when we lose. What's your tip, Graham?
0: Look, you know I'm tipping New South Wales, but um, I've talked to a lot of people who are really keen on New South Wales, and I, I just worry that we're underestimating this Queensland team. I mean, we've been talking about no, this game. I know. I, yeah, I know, really I know you are, I know you are, but I, I just feel like, in general, um, a lot of people aren't giving this team the, the credit that they deserve. I know that New South Wales, and it seems foreign for, for a lot of people over the past 15 or so years... The New South Wales are going into this uh, this game with with a good record. We know, you know, touching on the coaches, I think Fitler. Three out of four series, I think he's won. Off the top of my head, uh, Billy yeah. Slater, obviously unknown at this level. But there's a lot of lot of strike in this um, this Queensland team. We've been talking about them very closely for weeks, and I I even feel like we haven't talked a lot about Caitlin Ponga, and I mean he's a really class player who can um, you know, given the opportunity to create something out of nothing as well. I will be honest with you, and what I was getting at before when I was going through these back lines, I'd I'd almost put these two back lines on paper and, and, and argue that there's a lot more strike and a lot more um excitement in this Queensland back line with your with Cobo Coats, um, you know, Ponga around the back. I feel like the, the New South Wales team, there's a lot of reliability there. We know what you're going to get out of them. And I think if this game gets into a tough grind, I think that's where you're going to start to see um, players from New South Wales like the forwards, like your, your Murray, your Haas, your, your Liam Martin, Campbell Gillard. These players are all going to play a big role. I feel like they're going to really grind down Queensland and that's going to open it up the players like a Damien Cook. I feel like we're going to be watching the game waiting for Cook to go for a run, and um, hopefully, if we're patient, grind them down. He's going to get some good runs around that 60-minute mark, just to, to put us on the front foot. Um, the, the other player who I'd be really interested to see at this level, Griffo, is Ketone Stags. Staggs. Yep. Um, we know that he's a quality football player, and really for someone like Katoni Staggs, we... We know that from the New South Wales point of view, he's probably one of the best players to play in centre week in, week out. But the way um, New South Wales picks their team is with uh, Luttrell and um, Turbo in the side. I'm looking for a big game from Katoni Staggs. I feel like Crichton's going to spend a lot of time at centre and I feel like not only are we going to be just looking to win this game for New South Wales, this could also be a bit of a trial to see who partners Luttrell in game two.
1: I don't think Luttrell's going to be there, Graham.
0: For game two? No. Okay, have you heard something new?
1: Yeah, he's got COVID.
0: Yeah, so he's out this week with COVID, but he should be back for game two. Wins well, he
1: might he might be eligible, but he, if he's out this week, he's probably he's not. He'll go in without a game. Yeah, I
0: don't think that's going to bother Brad Fittler.
1: Uh, I look.
0: I think he gets picked without playing.
1: Picked. If if they lose, yes.
0: I think even if they win the Mitchell plays game two. Even if he hasn't played a game, since.
1: From what I've heard, I don't, I'm not hearing that that's the likely scenario. yeah wow, Okay. Um, from what I've heard, uh, like again, yeah. that could change, particularly if there's a, a loss. Um, but you know, he's he's got this he's got this hamstring problem um, that he's been over to the United States t- to get sorted out. Um, so he's just back fresh in the country. He's got COVID, so he won't be able to train with his rabid old teammates at all. Um, so we sort of behind the ball or behind the eight ball there. Um, game two is in two and a half weeks in Perth.
0: Twenty sixth of June is that correct?
1: Right, uh, something like that. So yeah, tomorrow so currently is just tomorrow is the eighth.
0: S- the yeah. eighth. So yeah. you're imagining then that the
1: uh... so the only possible game he's going to get in before Origin. Would Thursday be, night um,
0: against the Dragons around fifteen.
1: It's not going to happen. From what I've heard, he's not going to play that game. Wow. Based on uh, well, okay. this is this. is what I've been hearing.
0: Yeah, because a um, lot of the talk out of South City was that he would have played this week if he didn't have COVID. Yeah, and the talk out of South is too that he's in good shape. Apparently, he's lost ten kilos. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think they pick him. I, I th- look. I think he's one of those players. Regardless, I think he's a
1: yeah. I, well, you you put you pick him in a squad. Yeah, you take him to Perth and you see how he is.
0: So as the, as the team currently stands, are we then saying that even a Latrell Mitchell without a game under his belt? And I know I know this isn't the team that you've picked, but this is what Brad Fitler's got. Yeah. As it stands, Brad Fitler's choices for the centres are Stags and Whiten. Let's just go off that information because that's what we know at the moment. We know Crichton's on the bench. Given that Stags and Whiten are currently the top choices for centre, if Latrell Mitchell doesn't play a game prior to Origin two, do we still pick Whiten over Latrell in the centres?
1: Well, I think you you add Latrell to the squad, and you take him to Perth. Yeah, by having him in the squad, they will see that. Themselves, where is that? Now, you've had COVID, I've had COVID. There's no way I would have been playing any sort of rugby league. You know, after a week of quarantine, I was not well. And this um, is the
0: hard thing with COVID too, because, like you know, I got I know other players. Well, we'll take Shano for example. Shano had a bit of a scratchy throat. He wasn't too bad. It's, it's so hard. We don't. They're not giving us much info on this. This is where I've got a conspiracy theory about this, Griffo. I'm I'm, I'm going to sound like a lunatic here, and I know this is going to sound insensitive. I'm not even one hundred percent convinced that Latrell Mitchell has COVID. Now, this is kind of this is controversial, yeah, okay. and I'm going to sound like a lunatic here, and people are going to say, "Mate, you know, you're being a bit unfair on the bloke." I actually. A, a small part of me was was thinking today, what if this is the Rabbitohs' way of getting Latrell Mitchell back from America, but not having to have him be at training, face up to the media over the next week. Like this just gets him out of the spotlight for a week. I know it sounds extreme and it's madness, but anyway, conspiracy theorists will love that.
1: Yeah. Um, I never, never had you pinned as a conspiracy theorist, but uh, <laughs> I guess, uh, you know, this, you know, you can put it out there. You never um, know. you never do know, but yeah, I guess they need to, they need to see the trail for themselves to judge whether he is up to playing the highest level of rugby league, um, They haven't seen him. They can't pick him. They could put him in a squad, have him there, and they they then will know whether he's he's ready or not. Um, He's been out for a long time. He's been in another part of the world. Um, Do I want a fully fit Latrell Mitchell playing in the centers? 100%. Do I want a semi-fit Latrell playing in the centers? State of origin? No, I don't. Um, so
0: you sound more like you need to know that he's good to go. You're not going to take the punt. Like well, basically, you're saying, saying a, a Crichton. Look, realistically, a, a, a fully fit Crichton is it might be a better better bet than a, a an unknown half fit Latrell.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you know Latrell's a hundred percent. He's in every day of the week. Um, and then you pick another center to to be his partner there, but um, they won't know that themselves unless they see him and, unless he's part of the squad. So if if the reports out of Salsa that he's good to go. But that's um, what they
0: of course they're gonna say that yeah. though. They're not gonna say he's underdone well, or they're no, not gonna say so we sent him they're not gonna say we send him to America for two weeks for this. U butte treatment and he came back and looking like shit.
1: No, but they're... like they'll know whether he's he's good to to play at that level. They're not gonna they do not want to risk their their biggest star if he's not right. It's not in their interest to do that. Mm. Um, yeah, they're gonna back their guy, but they don't want to risk losing him for again. I mean. They can't win the premiership. They they're going to struggle to make the eight if he doesn't return. Yeah. Um, so the stakes are high for them. Um. For the state of New South Wales, I want Luttrell to be a hundred percent fit, and and playing in a number three or four jersey. I don't really care who his partner is because they're, they're they're all good, but he gets the jersey. Mm-hmm. So Queensland, Queensland fear Luttrell just as they fear Tommy turbo. Now turbo won't be there at all. We know that. Um, and if Luttrell's not at a hundred percent, we know that sometimes he, he can fade out of a game. It's happened in the past. We don't want to see it happen in a blue Jersey. Um, if he's, and I'd heard that he'd lost a lot of weight as well. And that, uh, and that, I think that's a good thing. Um It's going to possibly help increase his speed. Might lose a bit of power, but he's still going to have plenty of power. Uh, his agility will improve. And I think, uh, you know, I'd love to see him a hundred percent ready for game two and game three. Cause I, I think game three up in Brisbane. I think there's more than a fair chance that it's it's going to be a decider, mm. um, and we uh, we don't have a good record in deciders in Brisbane. Be great to go up there two nil up, um, but uh, yeah, Latrell, welcome him back if he's fit. Roll yeah. out the red carpet.
0: Fair cool. Just to finish up on this game because we're probably getting ahead of ourselves talking about Latrell in game two. Um, we're both tipping New South Wales. Just to finish off, Griffo, what do you think the key is? Like you know, we, we often say, you know, where do you think it's going to be won? What do you think is the X factor for one team over the other? Obviously, being New South Wales, being New South Welshman, we think they might have something a bit extra. What do you think is the, the key element that New South Wales have that the Maroons don't that are going to get them over the
1: line? I think through the middle. Yeah. I think through the middle is where... We're going to see a lot of the New South Wales attack directed. Um, the power of, of Haas, Paulo, Campbell Gillard. Uh, they're huge men. Rapidly for huge men. But they're hard to stop. And they're just going to be hit, hit, hit through the middle. Quick play the balls. The likes of Cam Mori, uh, Cleary going to be uh, I think clear is the key obviously uh, we assume he's going to have a great kicking game and then going to play the territory I hope so but uh, um, well if he doesn't we don't win uh, if he's kicking games not on we're we not going to win this game um, I don't see us uh, the star power is not out wide really um, we might score some tries out there. The, the Katoni Stags and Jack Whiten have got the one-on-one ability to score tries because of the way they run. Close to the line, they're almost unstoppable. Oh. That's a big plus. So the likes of Valentine Holmes, Dane Gagai, um, DCE, I think he's the man they're going to target. I think they're going to score... I'd be surprised if we don't see a try from either Stags or Whiten. I'm hoping we see a try from a, from both of them. Pretty much here. Hopefully a few just your power play. <laughs> um, yeah, 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 yep. Just running good lines and yeah, yep, yeah. And then they're going to. I mean, you've got guys like Cleary and Luai and Isaiah Yo inside you. They're going to find a spot for you to run. Um, with stags and with white, and sometimes they don't need a, an opening, they just can blow, blow it apart themselves. Um, so that's a strength. Queensland undoubtedly, we said they've got the speed, they've got the aerial supremacy, so uh, that is a concern. But I just think the forwards of New South Wales are going to be, I'm expecting them to make very, very strong yardage. Uh, Pretty much every set. I'd be surprised if they don't. you got the quick plays that play the balls of guys like Cameron Murray, um, Azeo. I, I just think that's where New South Wales went. Those, those guys, the spine, um, Tedesco, we haven't talked much about him. He's one of those guys that it's just a given that he's going to play well. Uh, We saw in his last game for the Roosters, he was back to his absolute best. Uh, I'm I'm hoping that that we see that again tomorrow night. Um, I think there's more X factor about Queensland. You you mentioned that term earlier. I think they've got more X factor. But I just, I think there's a, the Blues look solid. Um, They haven't got quite the X factor that they had last year. But I think they're going to play. I think there's going to be a lot of Penrith about it because there's so many Panthers in there. I, I think yeah. it's going to be a little bit of a boa constrictor type. We're just going to you grind, know, we're going to grind you out of yeah. We're going yeah. to grind yeah. you down. We're going to grind you, and we're going to keep doing it. And, uh, and I think that that is uh, the question is can can Queensland are they able to stand that pressure? Hmm. I think, as I said, I think Queensland have got more X Factor about them with 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 Monster, with Cobble, um, Kalen Ponga, Valentine Holmes, Gagai. These are all guys who are, can score tries hmm. um, and can do it almost out of nothing sometimes. Uh, so they're dangerous. They're dangerous. But uh, I, I, I'm probably underrating the Queensland pack a little bit. But I just think New South Wales have got a stronger pack, and uh, yeah, I just feel as though that's where they win. Just grinding the game, clearly with with the uh, playing it down the Queensland end, and, and I think New South Wales be up up in their face in the way that Penrith are, and uh, high energy. Cameron Murray, Liam Martin, these guys, Mattison, um. They're going to be, yeah. I, I think that's. I just feel as though New South Wales are going to be stronger, but I, I i don't see, I don't see a big win like we saw last year. The other thing to remember: it's in Sydney. The games don't generally uh, on the on the the dewy type ground, a little bit of a slippery surface. We don't see the points that we you know we're going to that we saw last year. Dry ground up in in North Queensland and 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 Brisbane and so on. Um, yeah, we could lose. Uh, we could lose because you know if, if we're if if we're not control on the game as as I expect we will. Queensland do have the points in them to to make us uh, pay. Uh, what what do you think, Graham?
0: Yeah, I, I, think, look, look, I think we're going to win, but like you said, I'm, I'm really concerned about this. I think they can make us pay. I, I actually think the halves matchup is worth having a great look at with Nathan Cleary and Daly Cherry Evans. I think a lot of the focus when we look at the halves is in attack. We know that both of them are great general um, kickers in play of the ball. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see you know, 40-20s kick throughout this season. That they're, they're the type of big players that your daily Terry Evans and Nathan Cleary pull out. I just worry about the the extra work that some of the big blokes might have to do that are defending around daily Terry Evans. And if I was New South Wales I'd be sending a lot of lot of traffic down that way just to just to try and get some um, some fatigue into their key players. Yeah. Because late on in the game, when those key decisions are happening, um, that defensive fatigue stagnates your, your attack. So I really think that's going to be the the key. And I, I really feel as though the enthusiasm and the spark of that combination with Cleary and Luai. Um, Jerome Luai almost feels like the player that gets forgotten in these conversations because you know we talk about Nathan Cleary so much. That combination there... That can happen either side of the rock. They're not working independently of each other. They they have that can uh, that connection week in week out. I I actually think um, our forwards will go forward. I I like our forwards. I think that they'll get the job done, and I think off the back of that, if if we can wear the halves out, I think that's where uh, Lua and Cleary are, are going to step up and get the win for us. But as I said, it's, it's not going to be a walk in the park. I would be disappointed, but. I, look i'll be lying if i said i'd be absolutely shocked if we lost this game i think we've really got to be
1: yeah uh it's yeah. it's uh, i i've got it you know pretty 50 50 for me yeah. um just maybe 55 45 new south wales at most but uh, it's a good side queensland have got and, and, and as i said the the concern essentially comes down to speed the queensland have they've got you know, they've definitely got it over New South Wales for speed and uh, also that aerial supremacy um, that, uh, that Coates and, and Cobo have uh, mm. is is a, a concern, no doubt about
0: it. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a big game tomorrow night. The only thing really left to to be done is to to watch the game and see what unfolds on the field. We know you'll be there in person, Griffo. You're our up on-site correspondent you'll be reporting back next week as to what it was like actually at the ground and uh what the atmosphere was like and uh the talk around a core stadium in sydney tomorrow night the kickoff is at eight ten. um if you like a punt the maroons i think a good value at 235 um glad to see the blues at a favorite 160 and i hope that sports bet have it right in that regard but uh, looking beyond the origin, I know it's kind of hard to look past origin because it's uh, such a big game. We do also have a round of football to preview this week. And as I said briefly earlier, it is a bit of a tough round to preview because there are a lot of variables, a lot of factors that come off the back of origin. Um, you know, if we've got players not backing up, whether they are backing up, and given the fact that we do only have 48 hours before the origin in our first game that's happening Friday up at um, Townsville between the Cowboys and Dragons. There are a lot of implications. Um, We know that for the Cowboys they have named the same 17 that won against the Titans last week but it's a watch this base because you've got Val Holmes, Nanai, um, Dearden and Cotter all named in the reserves this week. So obviously players unavailable last week due to origin, they're in the reserves. So, for the Cowboys, that's a bit of a watch this space, see how we go. Um, ben Hampton and Elliot they came in last week, so you'd imagine if for whatever reason um, the players can't back up from Origin, they'd hold their spots, but obviously that's a bit of a watch this space. Um, for the Dragons, uh, the team that beat the Bulldogs in round 12 uh, stayed 15. Fairly similar to this week. Uh, Jaden Sullivan comes onto the bench for Fui Maiano, who drops out. We know that Ben Hunt and Tarek Sims are backing up from origin. They have been uh, named. In the reserves this week, it was interesting to see sewer and Maguire listed there. So they're coming back from injury. We know that Ravilar was still a week or so away in this one, Griffo. But um, look, this is one of those hard ones to tip, I think, because... If the Cowboys are at full strength, you'd probably be pretty keen on them. But, um, you yeah, know, we, we, we've got a few players that, that that could be playing 48 hours after. We've got players that could be rested. Uh, it makes it a bit more complicated than what we will possibly think.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's always tricky um, because you don't know who's going to be in an hour. Uh, I do expect that... Um, we won't see all of the Cowboys back in there. Um, I do expect you'll see Tom Dean. If he doesn't play on Wednesday night, it was his 18th man. I'd be very surprised if he's not there. Um, Cotter might be a different case because he's likely to uh, to use up a lot of energy. Um, we might see Val Holmes and we might see uh, Jeremiah nanais on the bench. I don't expect he's going to get a huge amount of game time, so we might see an appearance from him, maybe off the bench for the Cowboys. But uh, I would expect—I'd uh, be surprised if the Dragons don't play Ben Hunt because he's uh, he's such an integral part of, of what they do. Um, their other representative, uh, Tariq Sims. Um, I think it's more likely that he'd be rested. Uh, They've got plenty of depth in their forwards with the likes of, as you said earlier, Jaden Sewer and Josh Maguire, along with uh, Josh Kerr also listed in the reserve. So I'd be surprised if we see Tarek Sims play Wednesday, fly up to Townsville, play Friday. Yeah, that's Um, a big trip when you put it like that. Yeah, yeah. Ben Hunt... um, I guess it depends how he pulls up because without Ben Hunt, it's it's hard to see it's hard to see really the Dragons a, a any chance in this game. Um, I'm going to stick with the Cowboys because they're a team who's was in tip top form, and uh, yeah, I just it's hard to tip against them. They, they were very good even without their Origin guys last week.
0: Yeah, you make a good point there because we we talked about the Cowboys and I don't know if it's this weird thing that happens in our brain when we think Origin we think our oh, Queensland team they're going to be affected and we know they do have, um, you know, a few players out. But with the Dragons, I'll be honest with you, you make a very key point for me. If we if we were to say that the um, Origin players aren't backing up for either team, I think Ben Hunt's one of the biggest losses out of any of these teams playing here this week. Uh, he's very important to the Dragons. Um, most, I mean, most of the time, it's probably fair to say, Griffo, that uh, players do back up. Um, but it's just hard to know, especially given the fact that it's 48 hours afterwards. Yeah. Don't it depends. Go if, if he's
1: again. injured, if he's got a niggle, a niggle at injury, you can't play him.
0: No. Nah, and, that's, and that's the thing yeah. too. And, and, and we just don't know. But... Given what we know, um, given what's in front of us and the form of these two teams, it's pretty hard to suggest to our listeners that they shouldn't tip the Cowboys. So I'm going to stick with North Queensland and, uh, really ride on the back of the fact that they have been the, they're the surprise packet of this competition. They have really been the biggest improvers. They, they were my wooden spooners and they're coming third, um, that's that's just massive yeah. for me and
1: same item as the wooden spoon yeah they did they, they were without all those guys last week graham and, and they didn't miss a beat really
0: no nah, and it um, shows it's not it's not up to individual players it's a team attitude thing
1: yeah 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 I, so I, yeah I, I I i'm sticking right. with them. they're at home and it's it's, it's a tough uh, road trip now up to townsville
0: definitely i i, I take them seriously here um yeah I, I got the cowboys in this one and um yeah, I'm actually very confident that, uh, that the Cowboys can do it. Big game for St. George, though, because uh, if they don't get the win here, um, it's starting to look hard for the for the top eight. They're starting to, to drop back. But, um, yeah, Cowboys for me. All right, moving on to the second game of the round. We move on to Saturday. So there's only one Friday night game this week uh, with Origin. It's a bit different. Also, the public holiday is impacting at the other end of the round but 3 p.m. on Saturday. Uh, also in Queensland, we've got the Gold Coast hosting the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, now, for this game here, we do also have the implications for South Sydney, uh, given the fact that Cameron Murray, Jai um, Arrow, um, Damian Cook, also involved for South Sydney here, and... Um, the good news for them is that Totola's back from his head knock. Um, they'll push Mark Nichols back to the bench. Peter Mamazoulis is the new face on the interchange bench here for the Rabbitohs. That was one of the um, things that I noticed was very, um, very poignant for the South Sydney side this week. That would suggest they've got a backup there. For Damian Cook, so even if he does back up, there could be um, some time for Memazulos to take over in the hooking role. That would obviously depend on how the game is going. Uh, for the Titans, we know that they've had a um, terrible start to the season. Their woes have continued in recent weeks. Uh, Jaden Campbell, he's set to be on the sideline for quite a while. I think it's a hamstring injury.
1: Yeah, eight uh, weeks. Uh,
0: yeah, and that's, that's unlucky because he's not long back from... Uh, back into the side, so uh, I think they got Brimson this week, Griffo in at fullback, um, Turner's going to make his debut at 5'8", uh, Thompson's also out, so Mars Hughes in, um, Herbert's into the centres for Mar- for Masters, we know too that um, Big Tino's got a backup from Origin, look, there's There's some real struggles happening here at the Titans. Um, The fact that they've got a brand new 5'8 in the side, um, one of their young um, up-and-coming strike weapons in Campbell's out. Uh, If Tino does play, it's it's a couple of days after a massive game of Origin. Uh, Even though they're at home, I feel like it's going to be a tough ask for the Gold Coast Titans.
1: Yeah. I tipped them last week. Uh, against an understrength Cowboys and they started off pretty well Um, they got a 6-0 lead they probably should have had a bit more than that but it just uh, it disintegrated along with the Warriors and the Bulldogs I'm going to find it hard to tip this team again this year obviously they'll they'll you know, come up against those other lower teams. We'll have to tip someone, but I had this team in the eight at the start of the year and, and they have been, they've been overshadowed um, by the poor performance of the, the Bulldogs and the Tigers. They, they don't, they sort of go under the radar because they're not a local team. Mm. Don't talk about them as much, but, but they've been awful. And Holbrook, uh, I think he's he's the next guy on on the chopping block. Uh, to be honest, uh, they've been they've been uh, very poor for for the squad that they've got. You know, Souths. I, I, I didn't see it last time they went around. I saw the first half and it was against the Tigers, but then they obviously clicked into gear in the second half and uh, scored a lot of points. Um, I just think. Uh, yeah, as I said, I can't tip the Titans in too many games, so it's for me.
0: Yeah, this is one of those games where I think um, for South Sydney, it's it's not always the um, the the players that we, we 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 talk about on a regular basis. I know we often talk about our you know your Cody Walkers. I mean, obviously Alex Johnson good try scoring form, but for South Sydney, the real difference for them was their strike off the bench in that game against the Tigers and particularly Havili and Sele, they were two of their best forwards. And now when you look at their bench, also having Mark Nichols back, I think throughout the 80 minutes, they're hopefully going to be more of an 80-minute team when that forward rotation happens. Uh, we know they've got a couple of players backing up. Um, yeah, it, it, it's unknown. I don't even know if Dry Arrow is going to be a part of the uh, the origin game itself. Um
1: Yeah, if if he don't play in the Origin, which is unlikely, he's going to Uh, get on the field. Yeah, he comes straight into the team.
0: Yeah, so I think I think he'll be he'll be fresh. Um, Tom Burgess, I think it's his two hundredth game, and interesting. Yeah, interesting stat that I don't think people realise. It kind of snuck up. I think he's now seventh. He's only the seventh South Sydney player to play more than two hundred games. So on the um, all-time players list for South Sydney. Tom Burgess is way up there, so um, credit to him because he's probably not always the name that you... I mean, even when you talk about Burgess,es he's, he's not the first one that uh, that comes no, to mind. Oh, he's, probably, about, uh, he's probably
1: number three in the, yeah, in the brotherhood.
0: In, in regards to longevity and uh, contribution, uh, he has been at South Sydney for the longest and, um, yeah, 200 games this week. The other interesting thing for South too that we haven't talked too much about is the, uh, the change at fullback. A lot of talk about Blake Taft coming out of the finals last year and into this year. Blake Taft actually is 18th man. He is no longer um, favoured by uh, Coach Demetrio as being in the top 17 players for this side. Cody Nicarima has become the fullback for South Sydney. Um, I think this week will only be his fourth or fifth game in at fullback. So uh, interesting to see how they go forward with that. Uh, in saying all that, I'll go with South Sydney. I think they've got too much class across the park, and I think that um, they should get the job done against um, a team like the Titans. Okay, our third game of the week. This this is a massive game. Um, I don't know if we're giving it as much credit given the fact that it's coming off the back of an origin and the form of the Roosters, but any time the Roosters take on the Storm, you know it's going to be a massive... Massive game. It is happening at Sydney Creek around 5.30 on Saturday, the 11th of June. Um, Yet again, massive origin implications here. For the Roosters, you've got Tedesco backing up. Um, So, effectively, given the fact that he was unavailable last week, Tedesco is back in the side. Manu back to centre. Naguama to the reserves. Tupu. All things uh, going well. He will come back in. Um... Lindsay Collins also named to back up. That would mean that if they uh, run out as announced, Baker would go back to the bench with Saluka Fafita dropping out. Maria Hargraves late withdrawal last week. Uh, he's expected to be sidelined. This week, I uh, can't even see him in no, the list. No, he's no. So uh, I wouldn't imagine, obviously, him taking any part. So uh, hopefully for the Roosters, that's not a long-term injury. Hopefully he's back uh, soon for them. Uh, one player who is coming back from injury, though, is on the Storm side of things. That's Big Nelson, the surfer Salamona. He's coming back from his knee injury. That's a massive in for them. Um, Absolutely is. Harry Grant, named to start. He actually missed their game in round 12 with an adductor injury. He'll have Origin this week. Hopefully that injury isn't niggling him and uh, causing any concern because they'll really want him for this big game. Um Kamakamika and Smith going back to the bench as a result of all of this. Um, To add to that list, Munster, Kafusi, Coates, I mentioned Grant. They've all got three days to recover from Origin 1. Big implications there. I suppose, Griffo, though, we've just got to go off uh, the teams that are named. If everyone hits the the park, it's going to be a great game. But that Origin um, uncertainty is there as well.
1: Yes, it is. Uh, There's a lot of uncertainty about this game. These were the two clubs who were, you know, if we go back two or three years, they were the powerhouse clubs. Melbourne still is uh, one of the two powerhouse clubs. But the Roosters have fallen back somewhat. Um, High expectations from both of us and obviously... They would have had high expectations of themselves, more importantly than what we think. But they were poor last week. Uh, I, I tipped them to beat the Raiders. Without uh, the Raiders were without the you know Papali and uh, and also Jack White. And yes, I know the Roosters were without a few, uh, principally Teddy. And then uh, Waria Hargreaves was an injury. Uh, to him that he was out and I'd already done the tips if I'd have known he was out maybe I, yeah. I thought more about tipping the Raiders but to be to be honest I didn't even really consider the Raiders in that game but uh, they, they were quite good Um, yeah but the Roosters I, I would have expected they would have won that game uh, there's been a few games this year I would have expected they would have beat Newcastle In round one We expected to beat the Dragons On Anzac Day But they're they're going down In some of these games And uh, I know they're still In the top eight And uh, I just think uh, Yeah, this is going to be A tough one for them Because Melbourne They're not at full strength There's no Papadales And I think their outside backs Are a concern There's a couple there Who I don't quite think are up to an arrow standard, but I'm, I'm probably going to end up tipping Melbourne because uh, they're, they're getting some of those good players back. Uh, the muscle of Nelson and the Roosters still missing in Queria Hargrave Hargraves. So uh, I'll probably go Melbourne. Not confident, but I think they'll win.
0: Yeah, you, you, on form and given the circumstances, you've got to go with Melbourne, I think. Um, the, the interesting thing about... Melbourne, and I don't know if we've talked too much about this, is um, when you look at their back line, obviously you've got some, some real quality. We, we talk about, you know, Coates, Munster, Hughes. But Nick Meany at fullback, this is a bloke who, and I'll get your thoughts on this, Griff. I know we've got the two-minute hooter, but obviously we're not going to stress about it. But, you know, Nick Meany, the, the storm fullback, that's probably not something we would have expected once upon a time but um yeah I, I don't know this storm team it's it's funny they're still they're still going well and we know that they're a production line they turn them into superstars but it's, it probably doesn't have that strike that teams in past years have had
1: no um not without in there mm. um, obviously
0: injuries and yeah so on yeah as well yeah. This year. yeah
1: yeah look you mentioned nick meanie uh, He's one of these guys that have left the poor club and gone to the Storm and, and all of a sudden they're a much better player. It's the exactly. reverse
0: Addo Carr.
1: <laughs> well, it is. They've gone, yeah, absolutely. It's the reverse. Now, he's not as good as Josh Addo Carr no. was at the Storm, but he's been really but good is, this year. Meaning has been good. Is in a good team? Um, for mine, he, he'll hold his position... Oh, he'll hold his position in the team. Obviously not he won't be fullback when, when Papenhausen comes back. But I find that he'll he'll be one of the wingers. Um he's been really good for them. And and he's got good speed. He he's not the biggest guy. Um but I, I do think he's better than one of the wingers they got there at the moment. Um and I'm not talking about Xavier Colts. so uh, I think we'll see him back. He'll he'll he keep his spot on the side.
0: Slide into the wing for Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: But he's yeah. been very good this year.
0: Yeah. So look I am tipping the storm in this one. Um I've been disappointed with the Roosters. I really have. I'll go put it I'll go put it there. I look at their team on paper. I know games aren't one on paper, but this is the team on paper that I had that's the minor premiers. Really disappointed. you got to go on form. I've got to assume all players that are available play. So um, given that, I'm going to go with the Storm. Okay, moving on to uh, Saturday 7.30 up at Brisbane Suncorp Stadium. The Broncos are going to host the Raiders. Um, Adam Reynolds has been named to return for the Broncos. Uh, he's coming back from that hamstring injury so um man moves to five eight and gamble is out Damn. with with a um yes ma'am uh tyson gamble's got uh an issue with his lower leg can't see in the side kurt capewell from what we're hearing they are going to rest him so that shows the team with confidence saying look we've yeah. got our maroon's rep Playing Wednesday, let's not risk him on Saturday. We'll get through the game. Um Rabadi's named in his place. Um, the players though who I do see in the side, um, I can see stags there. Um, obviously they're all yeah, they're, the they're all pass. In Apart um, so so, Cape. Well, which mm, I don't know if I read into that and say, is there something there, a bit of a niggle there that they know about that uh, New South Wales can exploit? Hopefully, there's something there. Uh, for the Raiders, Jordan Rapana, he's got a one-game ban for a uh, dangerous yeah. contact charge. Uh, Schiller's going to come in on the wing. White and Papali named to play. Uh, Frawley to the reserves. Hawesborough back to the bench. Harry and ret- returns to the bench. Um, so he's coming back through those COVID protocols. As you said, Griffo, we probably didn't give the Raiders enough credit last week playing against a Origin impacted uh, side in the Roosters. We know, obviously, the Raiders were also impacted with Whiten. Um, they come up against the Broncos. The Broncos have been in really good form this week. They've got a few players backing up, and also that added bonus of having Adam Reynolds, who's been in great form this year for them, in the side.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's two teams who uh, are, are on the up. Uh, Raiders will challenge them, no doubt. Um, they, they were good last week, I thought, against the Roosters. Uh, deserve their win, and uh, that's going to give them quite a bit of confidence. It's cool. I think this will be a good game, but I'm going to stick with the Broncos. Um, They've been in really, really good form, and and uh, they were winning games even without Adam Reynolds. Um, but uh, he's played a large role in turning this club around. He hasn't done it by himself by any stretch, but he's been he's been a big part of it. Um, so I just think for mine the Broncos. Uh, but I think it, it shapes up as a really good game. Uh, Raiders aren't gonna. They're they're not going to uh, you know wave the white flag. They'll uh, they'll give themselves a big shot here, uh, but Broncos for me.
0: Yeah, um, I'm saying I'm going with the Broncos here in this one. Uh, but I just feel like though every time I tip against the Raiders, they they just they just come out and and just like I remember one week. I remember that week against South Sydney. There's last week against. Um, the Roosters, they're starting to become that team that almost wins the game against teams that we don't expect them to beat, and they can't beat the teams that we expect them to beat. So this 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 is a real danger game for Brisbane. They need to really take the Raiders seriously, but given the fact that it's in Brisbane and the fact that the um, Broncos have been in great form and are currently entrenched in the top four, you'd have to go with them. So uh, yeah, I'm to Brisbane as well. <laughs> Right, our next game on Sunday uh, takes us out to Campbelltown Stadium where the Tigers are going to host the Seagulls. As we mentioned before, this will be the Tigers' first game without Matt Maguire uh, at the helm. Um, the Manly Seagulls' side coming off that return to form last week against the Warriors. Uh, they had a good win. Uh, for the Tigers, team news. Nopaluma returns to the wing. That's his first game since Round 8. Um, Jacob Little also back on deck. Madden's got a spot on the bench, that would mean um, Fouamou Brown goes to 18th man. Adam Deweyhe, now there's been a lot of talk about him, I was very uh, keen to look at the Tigers side this week, there's no Adam here this week, the, the, the talk is that he could be named any week now, but... Not back this week. Just keep him on your radar to look at teams next week, but uh, no Adam Dewey here or Adam Dewey as some play, people might know him. Um, not there this week, but very close. For Manly, we know that uh, Cherry Evans is going to have to back up from Origin. Um If he plays, uh, Kieran Foran is going to go back to 5'8", and uh, Schuster back to the bench. Obviously, uh, Cherry Evans unavailable last week due to those Origin, um duties. Uh, a big blow for the Seagulls and unfortunate for Carl Lawton. He's had a really tough year. Um, obviously, he's had that uh, suspension earlier on for uh, the lifting tackle in the game against uh, South Sydney on Cameron Murray. He's actually uh, injured his knee. He's out for the rest of the year, so it goes from bad to worse for Carl Lawton. He'll be missing for the, um, the Seagulls. Um, yeah, so other than that, the 17 isn't much different. Do we see a bit of bounce-back factor this week, uh, Griffo? The Tigers, we know sometimes it's a bit dangerous playing a team who's got a new coach um, and, and the players are keen and there's a fresh start, but uh, the, the, the Seagulls, they, they got the job done last week, albeit against uh, a Warriors side that's out of form.
1: Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, it's going to be tough for the Tigers. Uh, I'm not writing them off, but... Um, there could be a bit of a bounce back, as, as you say, but uh, mainly were Manly were pretty good last week. Got to take into account the opposition weren't so, um, but uh, yeah, DCE listed. Um, if he doesn't play, I don't think they're going to lose all that much because you just do what they did last week with four and at seven and, and Schuster at six. Uh, I'm just going to tip Manly. I just think uh, the Tigers, yeah, they'll they'll challenge them, but I just I can't see them winning uh, in this game. Manly for mine.
0: Yeah, I, I got Manly in this one as well. Um, yeah, we, we've been talking for weeks, and even earlier on in the podcast about the coaching situation and the way things are going at the Tigers. Very difficult to tip them. Um, if DCE backs up and plays in this game, um, I, I think he'll be able to take control of it. I'm really hoping for a good showing from the Tigers. Um, hopefully there's a injection of uh, enthusiasm given the new coach. But uh, yeah, for this week, I think the safe bet uh, in your tipping comps is to go for the manly side. <laughs> Alright, that moves us on to the four o five main game on uh, Sunday afternoon. It'll be up at Newcastle at McDonald... Don't, Mc, I'll try that again. McDonald Jones Stadium. Um, Newcastle Knights hosting the Penrith Panthers. Uh, yet another game with a lot of implications from origin. Um... For the Knights, uh, they've got Dane Gagai named to back up from Origin. Kalen Ponga also named to back up. Another boost for the Knights. Uh, should those guys play, would be uh, Kurt Mann coming back from his ankle injury. This will be his first game since round seven. That'll push uh Phoenix Crossland to the reserves. Jacob Siafiti moving into the starting side to replace his brother Daniel. He's out for a knee injury. We know that he also replaced uh. His brother Daniel in the squad for the New South Wales side, so a good bit of experience for Jacob Saifidi being a part of that over the past week or so. Um, For the Panthers, Cleary, Martin, Yo, Crichton, To'o, Luai. I don't think I've forgotten anyone there. They've all been named by Ivan Cleary. Uh, They'll be expected, hopefully, to back up. From Origin One, given the fact that the game's not until Sunday, the only change to the squad, that to the squad, that beat the Cowboys in Round Twelve is the fact that Matt Eisenhuth is going to earn a spot on the bench ahead of Spencer Linew Um, Eisenhuth has been a very impressive uh fill in there when needed. Um. And and obviously, you know, just just for um, argument's sake, uh, going through the actual outs from last week, we know that O'Sullivan, Falls and Smith came in, did the job last week, but they're all in the reserves this week. You'd imagine if there are any concerns, Griffo, coming out of origin, that uh, one of those players will move into the halves or the forwards. This is another one of those games too. Um, I don't know if you're hearing anything out of Penrith or if you have any concerns here, but... um, Look, should all the players back up, this should be a game that you'd expect Prentice to win.
1: Yes, and I do, and I'm going to tip them. Um, Newcastle, uh, on paper, they don't look too bad a team. Uh, surprisingly, they've got a few guys in the origin. Um, Ponga, Gagai, um, I think they're the only ones that guaranteed a spot but uh, yeah so I think certainly guys like Frizzell who's part of the squad there's no risk of him not playing um, unless well he, he's not even 18th man so unless something happens in the warm up um, he's just going uh, going to be there in his blues gear watching and cheering like like I will be, but he'll be a bit closer to the action. Um, this is a game Penrith I expect they'll win. Uh, and uh, and it was a close game up at Bathurst earlier in the year. It was, of course, the, the Mitch Barnett uh, send-off that was the turning point, really, in the night season. Um, as far as team list, I'm not quite sure what Spencer Lanoue has, has done or hasn't done that sees him relegated. He, he came on last week late in, in the game. He didn't play in the first half. He only got 13 minutes, I think. Uh, I did hear that he, he had no runs and no beaters, um, but it was a, a very light afternoon duty for him, uh, or evening duty as it was. For mine he's he's a guy that needs to be in the 17. uh he's explosive He scored a number of tries uh and i don't know why he's on, on the reserves list to be frank even though matt Eisenhow did play well um he's, he hasn't got uh he hasn't got the ability of spencer to to break the line but anyway there it is i'm still tipping penrith
0: yeah, it's a, big, it's a big call, that one, and one that I was a bit surprised to see. Um, you got to wonder whether there's a bit of smoke and mirrors there and it's just a um, just a bit of a, uh, I don't know, managing loads, squad rotation type of thing. I don't know. Yeah,
1: I don't know. I mean, it's, it, as I said, he only got about 13 minutes last week's game, so he can't yes. be tired. <laughs> That's true. Maybe he's injured. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's, that's what I thought. I thought that yeah. was it, but... Yeah. Anyway.
0: Yeah, look, either way, I mean, the way the Panthers are playing at the moment, they could they could run bloody Dame Edna, Everidge, and uh, the Queen herself out in the halves, and they'd probably win
1: a game. Um, and, uh, you know, they could uh, run out Prince Andrew in the under-8s. <laughs> sure, yes. They could. They could. It just... It, it, like I said,
0: it, the... The team, not only on the park, but the organisation themselves that are the Pen- Penrith Panthers, beyond the uh, the football paddock, are uh, doing everything right, and they're they so impressive. Um, interesting too, this night's game uh, earlier on in the season, I think it was about round three, was was the turning point for the night season. Yeah. Um, and we've got um, obviously Mitch Barnett coming up against the Panthers again. He'll be looking to have a bit of a better day out. Very different Knights side, though. Um, I just can't see them pushing the Panthers. I'll be honest with you. Even if the Panthers players don't back up, that team that beat the Bulldogs the other night, I'd tip them to beat the Knights this week.
1: Yeah, I, I'd oh be my. confident.
0: I'd be I'd be confident if I was a Panthers fan. If you're in your tipping comps here, um, I think it would take a lot of courage to tip the Newcastle side. Um yeah, Panthers for us.
1: Yeah. I'll be surprised if all those goes back up. Sorry.
0: No, sorry, sorry, Griff, what were you saying? You no, I'd be a surprised couple?
1: if... Yeah, I think so. I think they will, but... Uh,
0: is that more out of a... Um, is that more of a luxury that they've got such a great squad that they can? Is it one of those things where you go, look, we, we'll probably... Without sounding arrogant... Penrith will probably get the win, even with the with the squad um, minus Origin players. Uh,
1: maybe not all of them, but I'd be surprised if they if they play Le- uh, Cleary and Luai. Um, mm-hmm. Falls and or oh, Sullivan are listed in the reserves. Um, I'd expect probably Liam Martin plays because I don't think he'll get a huge amount of game time. I expect Brighton, Brighton with, play. We don't you know
0: what they're going to do with him.
1: Well, that's it, yeah. yeah. And and I, I guess, you know, they're all named, but mm. closer to the uh, event, we'll know.
0: Yeah, and looking at the bench, it looks as though they've got it all covered, as you said. O'Sullivan falls, even Staines and Jennings there to cover the backs. Um, yeah, yeah, they've, they've they've got it covered. They'll um, can you even look at that reserves list. <laughs> they, were, they, they were some of the great players of last week. Oh, it just shows yeah. how good they're going. Anyway, um, moving on to uh, the Sunday night game this week, which will be the Warriors, obviously with a new coach as well, taking on the Sharks. Um, this game here uh, will be Stacey Jones' first game in charge uh, after, as we said, the departure earlier today of Nathan Brown. Josh Curran has been named on the bench for his first game back after six games out with a knee injury. Uh, Dunamis Louie also joining the bench. The Sharks, um, Jesse Ramey comes back from suspension. That will mean Connor Tracy going back to 18th man. That's pretty much the only side that, uh, pretty much the only change, I should say, to the side that lost to the Roosters in round 12. Wade Graham in the reserves. He's looking to come back from a foot injury, so uh, watch this space. And from what we're hearing, Dale can still a couple of weeks away. I feel like a, a bit of a broken record here. Uh, Griffo talking about coaches, uh, coaching their first game for the club, whether it will spark something. I'll tell you what, it's going to have to be a bloody big spark for the Warriors to, uh, to, to get a win over the Sharks. This game is happening up at Redcliffe. The sharks, though we know, just um, just just quickly on this one, they were one of those teams we talked about last week in our um, uh, mid-season report card that were well entrenched in that top four and have had a slight slide down. I think they're sitting in sixth at the moment, so a great opportunity for the Cronulla Sharks to really show that they're a, um, a push for this premiership title.
1: Yeah, this is uh, this is a game they'll certainly want to take the two points out of because uh, all their rivals will be taking two points from the Warriors whenever they play them. So uh, I I can't see anything but a Sharks victory here. Um, Maybe, as you say, there might be a bit of spark provided by the new coach. Uh, Players wanting to perform for him. Um, But they've been awful and uh, I can't see anything. To, to change this week. They, they might get a little bit better, but not enough to win. Sharks.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm the same. It's, it, it, it's one of those situations where, given the fact that the Warriors have been so disappointing, I know you can say there's a bit of an unknown factor, but I think there's another game this week where you've got a, form that's, a team that's shown a lot of good form this week. Jesse Ramian back in the side. I think he's a great player. He's going to add a lot more spark uh, to that back line there as well. I think they've got a lot more strike, and I think the Sharks win this one on Sunday night. Final game of the week, uh, given the fact that we've got a public holiday this week, um, long weekend, got to love a day off work on Monday, and you got to love it even more when there's a footy game on. This game's going to happen at a core stadium in Sydney. The Bulldogs will be hosting the Parramatta Eels. Uh, Big traditional Sydney clash here of uh, two teams that are very well uh, supported in the Sydney region. Uh, for the Bulldogs, Avarillo named it fullback with Corey Allen in the centres. We know that Allen played fullback last week in that game against the Panthers. Um, I don't think he did, grab. Oh, no, sorry. He was named there, I should say, and he was replaced by Dufty. That was... No, uh, no,
1: he... Uh, um, I think they had Avarillo... That's right, because
0: Dufty was out, wasn't he? And then they named they Allen, Dufty, but and yeah, then Amarillo played Allen, there. But yeah. The, yeah, sorry. But yeah.
1: He might have had number one on, but he, he played in the centres. Yeah, I think he was wearing uh, number Corey 22. And was, oh, anyway, okay. It was, a, yeah. it was a massive shambles. Yeah. Anyway,
0: uh, long story short, um, the way they named him this week, Averello, who pretty much did play fullback last week. Uh, eventually, they're giving him the number one jersey. And Corey Allen, they're giving the four jersey to make it a bit clearer for people to follow the fact that he'll be playing in the centres. Um, Pengai in the reserves this week. Um, he's missed a couple of games. I think his injury has been a back injury from memory. So uh, hopefully he can come back. Luke um, Luke Thompson. Still out of the side. He was one of the late withdrawals from the Panthers game. Uh, I think his issues were in regards to concussion. And just looking at the side here, they've got Dufty on the reserve. So obviously still out of favour at the Bulldogs. Um, probably the biggest in this week and uh, the biggest name that people will be happy to welcome back, specifically Eels, is Uh He's back this week. First game since round 23 last year. So that's a massive in for them. We know how much of an impact he can make uh, on the wing for the Eels. Um, so that would mean Wonga Blake back to the centres. Opechik out of the squad. I think he's in 18th man. So still technically in the squad, but out of the 17. Uh, Pendicini had a head knock in round 12. They reckon he's good to go. They do have some origin reps, so They'll be counting on backing up. Given the long turnaround, do you think they'd be pretty good to go? Uh so I'd imagine that Ryan Madison, Junior Paulo and Regal Campbell-Gillard would be um, starters. Obviously, I won't get your tip on this, Griffo, but given that we're talking about Parramatta, this, this this, reminded me of something I saw on the news. I don't know if you saw this one. Um, Junior Paulo was interviewed last night, and I saw it, and they were actually talking about the pronunciation of his surname. How long? And he was actually saying... That you know, we, we obviously say Junior Polo and then there's there's Palo, but yeah, that the the P is is a B sound. So apparently, the correct pronunciation according to uh, Junior himself last night was uh, Junior Paulo. So it's more of a oh, no. B sort of sound for the P. So I, I that's that that's what he said on the Channel Seven News last night. I had it on. Um, I thought we were making great ways going from Paulo to Paolo, but apparently it's more of a Ballo. Um, look, oh, I'm sure Junior's going to have a good week, regardless of I'm how s- we say his name. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, it's, it, it, and that makes me think just before we get to the tip, I'm going on a tangent here. We have had a few of those in recent years where um, the commentators have gone with a name and then uh, we've seen changes. Um, you know, Nick Kotrick uh, becoming Nick Chotrick. It, t- I'll tell you run, what, he played run. a lot
1: better when he was Nick Cottrick a couple of years ago.
0: <laughs> so, uh, obviously they're hoping that Madison Jr. and uh, Campbell Gillard back up this week, regardless of how you say their names. Um, one name that we know, or uh, well, we're confident in, is uh, Mick Acebo. He's back for the Eels. The Eels are a top five side as it stands. They're coming up against a team who's really struggled. Um I feel like I'm pretty confident I can guess who you are tipping this one, mate.
1: I think you're right, Greg. <laughs> um, I'm tipping para. No surprise there. Yep. Um, the other team they're playing got beat by the Panthers last week with six guys out for State of Origin. Uh, and they had 57% of the ball, the Bulldogs. Um, they, yeah, I mean, they they did okay if you look at the scoreboard, only went down by 12. Um, but uh, essentially, it was two guys sort of created two tries, uh, and Burton scored the other one himself. Uh, some nice work from Marshall King put in the hole, but um. Yeah, you can't say 17 players did really well for the Bulldogs There was a handful, uh, essentially It's not going to be enough to be the full strength Parra team is probably as, as close as they've had to full strength pretty much all year uh, Sevo's first game back, as you mentioned, Wong and Blake He's been out for an extended period of time as well um I think he came back on the wing and, and now he's been pushed back into his preferred position of center uh, the forwards are strong very strong in fact um, they got Mattison coming off the bench uh Nathan Brown has lost his starting spot um Papali'i going back to 13 uh, which is interesting. I don't I don't know whether they played that way against the Raiders. It's possible they did, but um, we'd we think of Papali'i more as a wide running forward, but in the middle or running out wide, uh, don't go about because Parra going to win. Um, I'm considering this for my uh, margin I've uh, thought about it as uh, yet, but, uh, yeah. so yeah. it's certainly well and truly under the consideration for that um yeah it's hard to see the Bulldogs being able to mount too much uh, on what I saw last week when they played it on the strength team and couldn't win yeah yeah
0: fair call this could be an absolute massacre um Depending on, yeah, I mean, the, it's, it's just difficult to back the Bulldogs at the moment. I think they, um, I think they, I was going to say they lost a, a lot of fans, but I don't know if, if they've got any left. Last week, I think a lot of Bulldogs fans had a, had hope in the fact that they could beat the Panthers, who were depleted due to origin. I mean, it was—it's almost like the equivalent, you know. Back in the day when you play Brisbane and they'd have most of their players out, and you go, oh, "Oh, okay, we're we're a shot this week," even if you're a referee. baby
1: Broncos. Yeah,
0: the old baby Broncos. That was that was last week, and the Bulldogs rocked up and they just couldn't get the job done um, against the. Uh, well, you know, baby Panthers doesn't sound as good. Maybe they're the kittens. I don't know. Give them a kitten, whatever. <laughs> but. They played well. Doesn't matter what they're called. I can't see the Bulldogs winning this one. I'll tell you what. I'm going to call it. Not only could this be your Joker and the Thief margin for the week. Looking over the games this week. I know there's a bit of an unknown because of origin. This could be. If you haven't used your Joker around in the Carpool Rugby League tipping comp. This could be one that people look at. I think there are a lot of games that if... I know it's a big if, but if um, the players that the name played, uh, you can be fairly confident. So, interesting to see if Pippi is a joker this week. But before that, Griffo, obviously we've got the Origin tomorrow night. Um, that's big week of footy, State of Origin previewed, plenty of news happening. Ugh. The coaching merry-go-round still spins around. Two blokes fell off it today. it uh, be interesting to see if we get any more fall-off before the end of the season. It'll be an interesting start to see the most coaches replaced in the season. We've had three this year.
1: Yeah, it's I'm, a lot, isn't it?
0: I'm not even convinced that we're done yet, but um, yeah. I can tell you what we are done with, and that's this week's uh, episode of Carpool Rugby League. Um, it's only
1: 22 hours to kick off now, Graham. That's exactly right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think that's a fitting uh, cue for... Uh, the Broken Hearts music to come in. <laughs> hopefully it's not New South Wales hearts that are being broken tomorrow yeah. night. Um, you better get some sleep, Griffo. There's a big game yeah. of footy tomorrow. There is. Well, look, thanks for joining us this week. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, Griffo. Um, hopefully get Shane on board next week.
1: Yeah, thanks, listeners. Enjoy your game tomorrow night. Enjoy our game. i